Starbeams Audio. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. It's a show about weirdos. My name is John Boy. It is John Boy time, I'm afraid. My name is John Francis Fahey. I am your host on the program. Joining me as ever is, of course, Sperm and Monster. A uh, tasty little tidbit from around back. Of course, uh, it is Aaron Joseph Peter. That's me. Uh, and uh, uh, I've, got, I've got a few for you. A few? Yeah. Oh boy, are um, they good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Archie Spunker. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, King of all media, Howard Sperm. It's <laughs> good. And, and uh, uh, maybe yours, co-host Shardy Lang. Oh, that's good. I like that. Uh, uh, Sh- Shart Simpson, cow a bunghole, dude. Oh God, you forgot also Gary. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> Gary. Who's Gary? <laughs> Get, uh, <laughs> I don't oh, know. oh, from Stern. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Baba Booey. Yeah. Gary. Uh, that's Baba Booey. Uh, uh, Colonel Squirts. <laughs> Am I shard of darkness? Colonel, I like that. Colonel I like that. Squirts. Colonel Squirts. Sponging your head. That's yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, smells like shit. In <laughs> oh that's my god, that's a pretty good brand though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Squirt Cobain of the band Pervana. Pervana. That's good. That's Very great. It's something I try to achieve every day in life is my own personal Pervana. I try. I think I've, I reached Pervana quite a, quite a bit ago. Around when uh, I started hanging out with you. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, the rightful uh, uh, leader of Shatveria, Doctor Doom. <laughs> Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Shatveria. Yeah. Yeah. Shatveria. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Doctor Doom. Yeah. Okay. So I came up with those on the drive over. <laughs> those were, and I'm see if anything sticks. He hit two pedestrians. <laughs> yeah. Knocked a bike off the road. <laughs> yeah. Those are pretty great. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. You should yeah. feel pretty good about it. It was a lot better than what you, you uh you normally th- do? No, than when you threw it on the last Patreon. I don't know. You had two, they were kinda they were kinda misses. But those oh, were those I, were those were all hits. Yeah, I could tell you what those were. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Let's rehash those. Uh oh, <laughs> well, I think you liked uh Spalactus Devourer of Loads. So dumb. Dude, I kinda like that. It's pretty good. Devourer of loads. Uh, Mine are always like me swallowing cum. Well, if you don't, it's just gonna stink around. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Because yeah, it's yours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay, I all right. I bequeathed it to you. Thank you. Fuck. Queefer Sutherland. And to your right, my left, mm-hmm. Anson Matt Rousseau, the Frenchman henchman, of course, the Cape God, Gape God. Yeah, hi. Uh, how are you, Matt? I'm good. Hey, guys, how uh, are you? I'm great. Okay. I'm great. Uh, we uh, we did uh, say in our last Patreon, uh, Patreon folks, extra episode per week, uh, $5 a month. Um, and uh, they have a Discord over there, the Maniacs over there, and yeah. it's getting real wild. Aaron, it's getting Aaron, pretty funky. Aaron just checked in, and uh, he he he's he's finding very very surprising things over there. Quite surprising. They're they're really going for it. Yeah. Uh, we got these fucking perverts together, dude, now and they're making mayhem. It's great. <laughs> I mean, they want to start a, a a channel specifically for I guess uh, the fans of me, if you exist. <laughs> No, yeah, they're uh, fans of the show. They want to be. Uh, they want to call themselves the pedophiles. Yeah, P I T A P H 
I see how I built you a cult, dude. You, you, a turnkey cult is yeah. Like, honestly, you should keep you know, like franchise this out. I should. Yeah, I make other. I should make other people cults. Yeah, yeah. And it's worth a shot. Um, make a cult of cults. Oh, let's see. Can I read a little? Just here's a, here's just a random post on the. This is in this black pack. That's which a, is the main just kind of uh, that's you right. know. Mm-hmm. Channel here, and the other channels, of course, uh, relate to uh, the media episodes. They have, uh, they have one about our, our Patreon, uh, me and Matt's Patreon uh, music show, Chopped Up Jukebox. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, the wonderful room, Gender is Fucking Gay, mm-hmm. where they ask you to, uh, you where they know, ask you to forward uh, your pro- pronouns. Yeah, yeah. Everybody can just uh, leave their pronouns there. Everybody gets along. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a nice. Or you time. can check them at the door, man. Who cares? Yep. Yeah, do whatever you want. Call me pig. Call me toilet. <laughs> uh, this is a just a random post. I won't. I guess it should I could I say who it is? I think so. Yeah, Virabot. Virabot. Yeah, uh, always with some some great posts here on the Discord. Crazy comments too. Yeah, uh real crazy. So I used to know this this is what you sign up. This is what you sign this is what you get when you sign up for Patreon mm-hmm. and get on join the Discord, the Discord okay? Yeah. And this is just for this is like the the 1%, mm-hmm. the 1%. The real sickos. So I used to know this guy who was super into body modification. But he was from a local SNM community. Along with body mods, he was also very much into like genital torture. Oh god. Anyway, the dude was super into showing off his cock, was super tatted and like has dermal all up his shaft, so fucking spikes and bumps all over it. Ugh. He had the- multiple tip piercings and had an orchiectomy. After having his balls removed, he sent us a video of one of his doms stomping his balls into oblivion, oh. then show Good God. Oblivion? Uh, yeah, I don't believe in Oblivion. <laughs> Testicular smithereening, I Dude, believe in. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't know if he was nutting or not, but. Uh, not here. I'll tell weren't you they severed, you said? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess he, uh, after he had him removed, she fucking. Kicked him around the floor. Ugh. Yikes. It's a uh, high yikes. Uh, he, sa- uh, he sent us a video of one of his doms. One of his doms. One of his many. Mm-hmm. Do you think he gave one dom one ball and one dom the other? It sounds like one dom got both, which mm. is pretty. I mean, the other. No, dom I mean, be they, got, they got this. They got this guy by the ball. It's prime <laughs> dom. Yeah, that that other dom might as well be a sub. Yeah. Uh, some balls too oblivion. Then showed us the newest edition. He had his urethra removed, so he pissed sitting down. Okay. 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 It's almost over. <sighs> Couldn't even come anymore and had this huge, like, trench along the underside of his cock. Oh, God. Which hey, could weirdly, somewhere. Which would, could weirdly still get hard. Hmm. I don't remember what the last of his surgeries were, but last anyone ever heard of him, he was talking about going in for a new mod and it was going to be a surprise, and no one's heard from him since. <laughs> yeah, it was a lobotomy. <laughs> yeah, we think he died during his weird back alley surgery. Oh, God. Jesus. I it's guess a- you can get, like, you can get dominated forever if you have no, hell? no feel like you're... There's no sperm. There's like no. You're never gonna ejaculate again. Yeah. You can just like have a hard dick forever. Well, you can ejaculate without ejaculate. That doesn't count for me, Aaron. I'm sorry. You shoot, mm. You're shooting blanks. You yeah. Can do that. You know. That's just not. You know. <laughs> you know, Aaron. I was a professional donor for years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just something I believe in. Donut. Glazing. <laughs> glazing. Was, I was glazing true. donuts. No. That's true. As I was. God, I think he just like chipped away at himself too long and it became a centibite. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he's ha- living happily as a centibite. Yeah, I think my phone has like 5.5 centibytes yeah. storage on there. Yeah, yeah. So that's lucky. pretty cool. Well, pleasure is pain. and you fit a whole yeah. urethra in there. Yeah, my, <laughs> my, my lock code is I have to open the lament configuration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my puzzle box. Uh, 
yeah, uh, well, uh, anyway. join the Discord. There's a lot of, there's just more where that came from. Yeah. It's not all that intense. Not always. <laughs> no. Right. Some right, of it's no. just showing, hey, here's, here's, here's a picture, a picture I of drew. me. Because yeah. that might be in the porno room in the Not Safe for Work, is it? Or is no, that? that is the Splack Pack. That is the Splack Pack. And there, there are no pictures uh, of, oh, okay. of this, but she Thank said, she, uh, Vera, she, he, what, mm. who cares, gender, whatever, uh, said she uh, wished she kept the pictures. Uh, so apparently she had them at some point, and if you find them, please send them my way. Oh, do not send them to me and Matt. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I uh, there's I'll some, look it up. There's somebody maybe I'll bring out on the Patreon. Uh, there's this guy in Spain, fucking crazy guy. Uh, to- like bought trying to become an alien. Nice and like full bodies, fully tatted head to toe. Cool, maybe like, it, implants in the skull, shaved head implants yeah, in the skull. Yeah, not cool. Teeth, Mo- multiple new nipples. Yeah. Teeth filed yeah. down. I, I think his nipples are, are probably removed at this point. I put him on his aliens ass. Are, I assume these aliens are not mammalian. You don't uh, know that. I assume. You put them on his ass <laughs> is a great idea. Filed his teeth down, tongues like trifurcated, uh, ears cut off now. Perfect. Yeah, you can't, you can't have those. Two, the pinky and ring finger on one is at least cut off. Mm. It's like, I think, what, t- lip uh, gone? Oh, good. Lip gone, so it's just like permanent snow. Just someone you just love to have over for dinner mm. and just spend time with. Yeah. Ooh, you don't just randomly look at the weird shit. Yeah. Ugh, it's so gross. But yeah. What a case study. It is a lot. It's a lot. What's new? I got my nipples pierced again. <laughs> yeah, but Can't the, see them. Yeah, the, they're in my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> pierced them to my prostate. You turned me on like you're starting a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, that's a real hardcore intro. <laughs> Matt, oh. I'm sure you have something that's uh-huh. just going to follow that up nicely. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did mention aliens, so at least we're somewhere near. Nice. Yeah, human aliens. Uh, hmm. So this one, this one, as, as, as I was telling you a little bit before, this was uh, not so much, he's not so much a stinker, he's more of a thinker, this one. And, what about um, a pee drinker? No, I don't think so. Hmm. But uh, some interesting ideas, nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I first uh, encountered this person from um, uh, this uh, this paragraph in their their expanded obituary. The New York Times sometimes does these expanded obituaries called "The Lives They Lived," mm-hmm. where they'll just be like, "Hey, here's someone we'll write five paragraphs about instead of one." Yes, um, and uh, this was the paragraph that uh, uh, stood out to me. About him, it said because uh, he he eventually is an astronaut. You guys, as you know, in the Apollo years, NASA sent military test pilots into space, not poets or preachers. They came back in possession of extraordinary knowledge that, by dint of personality or professional inclination, they seemed helpless to communicate. Mm. As a Gemini and Apollo astronaut Michael Collins once put it, "quote It was not within our ken to share emotions or to utter extraneous information." Asked what it was like to go to the moon, Apollo 12's Pete Conrad replied, quote, Super! Really enjoyed it. It <laughs> was the best! <laughs> Out of this world! <laughs> you gotta go! No, see, that would involve, like, being clever. Mm. And their, their sense of clever was uh, how to solve a problem, not how to be funny. Mm, damn. Wait, uh, is, is Pete Conrad who you're talking about today? Not no. rocket science, man. No, John, he was super. He really enjoyed it. Oh, I, I, I thought that was... No. no. Uh, we're going to be talking about a man named Edgar Mitchell. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so you know a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know okay. Edgar Mitchell, yeah. Great. Well, that'll help with some of the explanations. I don't know anything. Good. 
Uh, so, uh, so I, I read uh, a couple of his books. Earthrise was just very straightforward biography, autobiography. The Way of the Explorer, which gets into some of his more interesting thinking. And then a couple magazines. And who can forget the one he did with cabinetmagazine.org. Oh. The classics. You know, you love them. Cabinetmagazine.org. Yeah, it's not just a cabinet and it's not just a magazine. Hmm. And it's not even a magazine about cabinets. Right. It's Oh, really? Yeah, it's an organization that hmm. talks to astronauts sometimes. Hey, it's important to have other interests. It's a, a guy cabinet. in a cabinet. <laughs> it's, and and it's you open not the door. an Indian in a cupboard. <laughs> right, exactly. <The> cupboard Digest. <laughs> <laughs> Read it. <laughs> so, uh... He is, let's say, not Pete Conrad. He's interesting. His, his experience in space was a little different than, quote, super. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Mm. Really enjoyed it. Arguably, we talked too much about it. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to start in 1930. He was born in Hereford, Texas. He grew up in a family of ranchers and horse-drawn plows. Uh, his mother wanted him to be a preacher, a musician. Uh, during the Depression, they moved to Roswell, and then later around towns around Roswell, like Hagerman, uh, which is uh, about a 20-mile walk, 20-hour walk. A 20-hour walk. Yeah. Uh, and then our, to Artesia, which was about a 30-hour walk from Roswell. Wow. In those days. Mm. You know, it's and, shorter. In the other direction, or as the crow flies over? As the crow walks. Mm-hmm. As the crow walks. And uh, as he would walk to school, he would actually walk past the house of Robert uh, Goddard, or Goddard. Oh, e, okay. The, uh, one of, like, the, the maybe grandfather of rocketry in, in America, uh, who had kind of been run out of town in, the United, in, in Massachusetts because he was doing rocket experiments in his backyard, mm. and his neighbors were like, we are, you know, we burn witches here. Ah. Should have came out to beautiful Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he moved to New Mexico, and this is the you know Close. this is the you know thirties, mm. and he's uh, there. The stories of Ro- in Roswell of the the lights that would show up at night and the the things that were going on. Mm. This guy was up to spooky stuff. Yeah, creepy stuff. Uh, and uh, as as a kid, uh, uh, Mitchell he helped his father and grandfather with their with their cattle ranching, and then eventually they got a farm machinery business. And as a kid, he learned to. Uh, repair machines, giant farm equipment, mm. and uh, and then uh, he, this is late, a little bit before this. Age four, uh, he's in a field with his dad, and a plane is flying over, and it uh, it looks like it's gonna crash into their field. The flying hobos, no, <laughs> but another a barnstorming mm-hmm. pilot in the in, you know 1934 or so, and uh, he safely like somehow pulls out of his dive, lands the plane. Uh, Mitchell and his father run over. And the guy's like, hey, I'm a pilot, blah, blah, I ran out of gas. Mitchell and his father uh, bring him to town, get him some gas. And so the guy says, hey, you guys want a plane ride? And so Mitchell's dad just holds on to him really Fuck tight. Off, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. And they take a, they take a flight. Don't yeah. tell mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one will believe you anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Back then. <laughs> I, think we, I think this guy's our master now. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, was the pilot's name by any chance Marty McFly? <laughs> I believe it'd be Marty McDrive then. <laughs> oh, because he, wow. Mm. Well, fuck you. Maybe not in the set. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he uh, he starts. To, you know, he loves the idea of, of of flying planes, and so 
Uh, at age 13, he gets a job at a nearby airport where he washes the planes. And instead of getting paid, they give him flight time. Hmm. So first he flies with the guy. And then at age 14, the guy's like, hey, you can fly yourself. Uh, and so he, you know, starts flying himself after, you know, learning to fly a little bit. Age 16, he gets his pilot license. Damn. And he's like flying around town. This, he was born in 1930? Yeah. Okay. 46. Post-war. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, and he said you know, a, a, a few years before then, he uh, remembers seeing this these at night. Sometimes there'd be giant lights in the sky. Mm. And... Uh, and the news would kind of realize later those were atom bomb tests. Mm. Hmm. Oh, boy. At age 17, he sees a headline in the newspaper that says, Roswell Army Air Force captures flying saucer on ranch. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, it was called a weather balloon. Mm. And he was like, oh, okay, fine. And he moved on. Never mm. thought about it twice. It's a picture of a weather balloon, I believe, in the paper. And yeah, <laughs> shot him down. We mistook this balloon for a saucer. <laughs> well, it's a saucer now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so 18, he goes off to college. He gets a degree in industrial management. He goes with the Navy, and he's flying planes. And he has the highest uh, marks in his flight class. And uh, so they turn him into a test pilot. And, uh, and he flies in Korea, too. And uh, he, he, he remembers being shot at once. <laughs> okay, what happened there? <laughs> Some bad joke. No, it's just I remember being shot at once in war as yeah. a pilot in Korea. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No, no. I'm, there's no racist stuff going on. Okay, John. man. I'm just saying. It's like ah, I don't know. It slips my mind if I got shot. I think at I got one. shot at once. I think, I, think, I think some guy took my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I didn't get shot. I lost a wallet. Oh, That's right. Did I invent rock and roll? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, he's, it's 57 when he's a, he's a test pilot, and he hears that the, the Soviets have put Sputnik into space. Mm. Uh, first satellite to ever successfully leave Earth's atmosphere. He calls it the, quote, the first robot spacecraft. That's what mm. he calls it. Okay. And, uh, and he decides, he says, okay, if the Soviets put a thing into space then space is the next thing. Like, they're going to put men up there. Mm-hmm. And so he says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be a guy in space. Mm-hmm. And he spends the, the next nine years trying to make that happen. Specifically, he chooses things that will put him in line to mm-hmm. become an astronaut. Okay. Uh, and he, uh, he, he does more experimental flying. Uh, he eventually, he is picked to be an astronaut. He helps design lunar modules. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the lunar module is the craft that will land on the moon right. that they will then leave part of it and then fly it back up to the command module that is uh, uh, in the atmosphere or, or, or orbiting the moon. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no atmosphere. And they will attach back to the command module and then that will take them back to Earth. What a fucking nutty time, huh? Dude, I can't believe we did it. And I also can't believe we haven't done it more. Is that weird? Uh, we did it a lot, kind of. No, I mean, we stopped. We stopped, but I mean, yeah. what, what are we going to find? New moon? Maybe. But I mean, I don't know. Put something there, man. Other than a flag. Well, we, oh, got, we got our piss there. And shit. And shit. Well, I mean... Well, I, they, I think they let the PP go. Yeah, so so I think it was uh, Glenn, when when Glenn is, is orbiting... Is piss and shit up there. When he's orbiting uh, the Earth... 
John Glenn, first human yeah. being to orbit the Earth, not the first person in space. Yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, he sees what what some uh, have been like. What was it? Was it was it UFOs? Because there are these 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 little beams of light, and uh, I believe the the determination now is that it's, it was it was his piss being spit out of the mm. the jet or the the the. Uh, but it looked gl- but it looked glorious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's also freezing. Yeah. And it's also hitting the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no way that's piss, man. No, oh, I couldn't piss that. Oh, that's too beautiful. Yeah. You know, sometimes you forget you're pissing when it's, you see something so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You ever have a naked lady walk past your window while you're pissing? Sure. Huh? No, I oh. haven't. But that's mm. the first thing I thought of. That'd be cool. Yeah. Or like some guy with no balls and a weird, <laughs> a weird triple nipple uh, dick. A, a, tr- <laughs> a, a trench urethra? <laughs> triple nipple. And then you realize you were looking in the mirror the whole time. <laughs> it was me. Yeah. Crazy. So, I mean, designing a lunar, a lunar module is a very uh, weird job because no one had landed on the moon yet. Yeah. So you had to design a thing that would work, but it wouldn't work necessarily on Earth because there's no gravity, or the gravity is so much, so much lighter yeah. on the moon. Hey. Sorry. Um, and, uh, uh, and you don't know what, they don't know how deep the, the silt, right? the sand might be right. on there. Might sink right in like quicksand. Mm-hmm. Mm. Might be a monster that just eats Who you. Who fucking knows? Yeah. Especially there's like a you know whole dark side of the moon that no one yeah. had seen at that yeah. point. People we think it's cheese. Mm-hmm. We believe it's cheese. Or Ideally. barbecue spare ribs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so eventually, uh, he is put in line to be on uh, an Apollo mission, and uh, he's supposed to go up on Apollo. Uh, he's a backup lunar module pilot for Apollo 10, and then he is uh, supposed to be on Apollo 13 uh, with Alan Shepard as his commander, but Shepard had had this inner ear infection for like five years, and so he hadn't trained in a while, and so they're like, all right, Shepard, you and your crew... Because they didn't split the crews up. Like, one crew stayed together, mm-hmm. ideally. Cause it, it's a team. Yeah. And it's like, all of a sudden, you have three guys who work together for five years, and then you, they put a new guy in charge. Yeah. And that yeah, doesn't, you know. Yeah, that's not going to be cool. Yeah. Probably be a mutiny. Uh, cannibalism. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. Incest. If you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, uh, piss flying. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, weaponized frozen urine in space. Yeah. It, yep. It's a recipe for disaster. I mean, you, and teamwork is important. That's why they sent up Harry Stamper and his ragtag group of oil drillers in Armageddon. Yeah, that's right. You can't just send. You can't just teach astronauts to drill. No, you got to teach oil drillers how to be astronauts. Yeah, yeah. They're famous, famously fit. Hmm. Yikes. <laughs> it's great when the oil drillers save us from Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a real, yeah. the real fucking like turn of the yeah. 2000s. Yeah. Like, wait, what? The oil I... companies are going to save us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do they do now? It's all bil- it's billionaire superheroes. Thank you, Mr. Exxon. Yeah. Hasn't changed. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so when, when Apollo 13, when uh, there's electrical problem and basically the command module uh, is, uh, there's a problem with the electricity, very low amount of oxygen, and the astronauts, they can't land. And so they all move into the lunar module to survive while two guys on Earth go into the test modules to figure out what they can do to right. get these guys back home. Yeah. And uh, Edgar Mitchell was one of the guys... Who did not make it into the movie, but he was one of the guys. Crazy. For simplicity's sake, just mm. so you have one guy instead of two. 
uh, who would have to go through, he would, he would go through the command module and go, okay, what if we turn this on? What if we flip this switch? What if we do this? How do we get, mm-hmm. and then how do we time it so that way they get into the command module as it's coming around the moon and they get into it with enough time to have oxygen to breathe, but also to re-enter the earth because only the command module can re-enter mm-hmm. earth and it can only enter one direction. Mm-hmm. It's the, not powered. Right. It just falls. Yes. God damn that. But it's, it, it's, there's enough power to maybe turn it. Right. Uh, because uh, when it enters Earth's atmosphere, it has to be uh, the fat side down. It's a little cone-shaped, and the fat side of the cone yes. has to be facing down because there's a giant heat shield which basically burns up and melts during the re-entry process. Instead of killing the astronauts. You're right. right. Yeah. And so he is part of the crew that then he got a um, he got an award from the president for that, um, and he said. The and, commi- and real quick, to do that again was it was it was like they kind of had to like slingshot themselves, mm-hmm. right? That was the deal. Yeah, and then went just, around the dark side of then, the moon, so they hit like you know m- half an hour radio silence, mm-hmm. and uh, it's scary. It's terrifying. It's That's absolutely the dark side of the moon. Man. Absolutely. You terrifying. ever put that shit on during uh, fucking uh, Wizards of Oz? I love that they reference it in, in uh, Falling Down. He, he talks about being past the point of no return oh. when he's when he's going home. And he's like, remember those astronauts? And they, they were past the point of no return. And he's like, that's where I am now. I'm just out of radio mm-hmm. contact. And it's so freaky, yeah. But based on calculations, uh, you know, they can they could they knew that if it orbits the moon at this angle, at this speed, that it will eject from the moon's orbit and head back into the Earth's orbit, because the Earth has a much higher gravity, will pull things closer to it, right. uh, easier than the moon. And, uh, and so he, and he says that you know, the command module had less power than a 12-volt volt battery, and no computerized controls at this point. Ah! They had to figure out how to. I mean, you ever drive your car without power steering on? Yeah, it's exactly the same. <laughs> it's just like it's the, exactly the same. <laughs> but you know, flying through but you're the going thousands empty of void of nothingness. Yeah, with sticks and twigs <laughs> alone from farthest than anybody's ever been from any other life form. A Twelve uh, volt battery just on your on your tongue. Yeah. And you're just looking at those Nazis with their secret base. Yeah. <laughs> Captain America's there crawling in to get yeah. him. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how to cut these balls off. <laughs> we got to dish the balls. Too- <laughs> give us the right momentum. Creating too much drag, sir. <laughs> For pra- what if we fashion sort of a rudimentary sail with your scrotum, sir? <laughs> Catch the solar wind. Uh, so uh, the Pope prayed for them in front of a mass of 10,000, 100,000 people in India. A religious festival prayed for him. Oh, my God. A third of the world was paying attention, according to uh, some people. One author, at least. And a third uh, of the world? third of the world. the fuck were the other two-thirds doing? Well, maybe they didn't have a TV or they just sleep, played baseball or something. Sleep. Sleep. Sleeping. They were probably sleep. sleeping. You know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the world works at night. Yeah, People that's get true. sleepy. Or the day. People get sleepy as a motherfucker, man. Yeah. They were only out of radio contact for half an hour. <laughs> Some, yeah, a lot, of pe- a lot of people were napping or fucking or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. shit. Oh, no, yeah. they're on the dark side of the moon. Let's, suck me off, suck me off. I was, in a me- I was in a meeting. Time time it to the third lion roar. <laughs> <laughs> People were just like, fucking, all the family's on. <laughs> it has Archie Spunker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so that was April 1970 when that happened. They came back, and uh, less than a year later, uh, January 31st, 1971, uh, Mitchell, Alan Shepard, and Stu Rusa, uh, they're on Apollo 14. They take off a Saturn V rocket, shoots them up into space, and then five days later, they're orbiting the moon. And nice. Mitchell's job... It took him five days? It took him four days to... to Get there. It took him four days before they went to land on the moon, basically. So, oh, they, they, so landed they orbited on, for... Uh, they basically, yeah, so they, they spent a day getting into Earth's orbit, mm-hmm. or, you know, in and out, basically. Mm-hmm. Because once you get out of uh, Earth's atmosphere, then you're in the orbit, mm-hmm. and then you have to keep the thrusters going, so that way you eventually enter the moon's orbit. Mm-hmm. And, and then, it's a four-day trip. Yeah. All right. Not you know, bad. a little longer than Gilligan. That was a three-hour tour, man. Yeah. And uh, quite a bit longer. You know how long of a walk that is, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Spacewalk. And so, uh, so Mitchell's job is to land the lunar module, and so he was the guy who takes half of the spacecraft and one other guy, uh, the commander Shepard, down to the planet, and then it's also his job to bring them up. And you know, bring it up, bring them up with the timing and the speed to connect with the command module. Because yeah, uh, you're like you're trying to like you're you're trying to hit two bullets. Yeah. In space, mm-hmm. you know, you're like bang. All right, I'm gonna time. It's kind of like the movie Wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> it's exactly like that, and that's a lot of math, mm-hmm. physics. Mm-hmm. And I'm luck. very good with calculations. I'm very good with calculations. <laughs> like I said, it's really. And they all had slide rules and pencils and shit. Yes, yes. Balls of yarn. Yeah. But they also, I mean, part of it is these were complicated machines, but uh, they, you know, so so for instance, on the way down, uh, on the fifth day, they separate uh, the the two modules. Rusa stays in the orbiting one, and and, and Mitchell and and Shepard go down. And on the way down, they're 10 miles from the surface, and a red light comes Mm -hmm. on that says abort. Jesus, oh, I've heard this. Yeah, yeah, you know, so they've they've just gone like you know, uh, uh, two hundred forty thousand miles. They got ten more to go, and the lights saying abort. And so, so they, so NASA calls the guy who designed the computer. Uh, and, thing. and what does he say to do? And he's and he's like he's going through his calculations, and uh, eventually they figure it could just be something is messing with the abort button. Take a pen and just tap the. Tap the blinking light. Bang on it. And they're like, oh, nothing. And then he does it a few more times, and they're like, oh, it turned off. Okay, I guess we're good. Bang on it. <laughs> Take out the cartridge and blow in it. That might be it. <laughs> exactly. the, the life or death signal. Yeah. You know, there's a... There's Turn t- it off a, for 10 seconds. There's a trick to it. There's a trick. Yeah. You got to bang on it. Yeah. It uh, might not really be abort. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. had that too in, in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, what we did was we banged we on it. forgot to tell you. With a pen. Yeah. If you just take a piece of duct tape and you just put it over the light, then you're good. You can't see it? Nothing, yeah. nothing dumber than hit, tap it with a pen. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But it worked. Yeah. That's weird. And so um, <laughs> they, uh, they touched down safely. On the moon, uh, I'm near this uh, this area, I believe it's called the Frau Rosa. Or I believe I, I I might have fucked that up. I didn't write it down, but uh, it's a place in the moon that that you know NASA hadn't the astronauts hadn't landed on before, and uh, it was their job, is Mitchell's and and Shepard's job to do a, just a ton of experiments, and they also took some pictures. They put down an American flag, of course, and and Mitchell is talking about he's like you know 
our footprints will be there for millions of years. He's thinking about this. Uh, one of their jobs is then to go to the check out this crater. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's one of those things on the way there, the, the command is like, hey, okay, you guys can turn back. You're like, you're pretty far. Just be safe. And they're like, come on, man. Like, how many times are we going to be on the fucking, fucking moon? moon, dog? And, uh, sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember when you gave me that faulty abort button? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. But he also he talks about, you know, they slept over on the moon. Mm-hmm. And um, they slept over. They had a moon yeah. slumber party, man. Wow. Weird. Yeah. Do you think they, that's not, do you that's, think they were like, you know, listen, man, it's just you and me up here. Mm. Nobody's going to know. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to be the two, first two people to fuck on the moon? <laughs> Maybe. We're astronauts, bro. Mm hmm. We're not cosmonauts. No. We're astronauts. Astronauts. <laughs> Come on. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> me neither. The eagle has landed. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, Mitchell talked, uh, this, you know, sleeping on the moon was uh, uneasy. You don't say. Yeah. You don't say. Really? Was it harder than moonwalking? <laughs> With all that foam ice cream <laughs> and tang? Dude, the dehydrate, the fucking, that's, Man, fuck the that space, freeze-dried ice cream is dope. No, it sucks. I don't know. Compared man. to no ice cream. Yeah, dude. Why do you even need fucking ice cream? To create your comforts at home. Yeah. Comfort yeah. food when you're far away with so your heart so attack. So they don't start jacking themselves off and drinking that. Yeah. Can't have you know how hard it is to catch moon? nut in zero G? <laughs> yeah. what, was, what was the point of sleep on the moon? Because they had a lot of experiments to do. Plus, this is just another fuel. experiment. And, and yeah, what, well, and, and the fuel to go back up and then come back down, mm-hmm. is it's too precious. Yeah. And, and what are the dreams like? Well, so he says that there's... There's not a lot of dreaming because it's such an uneasy sleep. Sure. Because, you know, one of the nights, they're, the, the night they're laying, laying there, like, they're just laying in these tammocks and they're, they're in, a, like, a, a cross shape. There's, like, one. You know, they're perpendicular to each other on top of each other. Oh, but the ass and the balls line up? Are, but yeah, they're, of course. But they're sleeping in the lunar excursion <laughs> module. They're not sleeping in spacesuits. Right. They're sleeping right. In, in a box. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. in the craft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it's perpendicular to the hammocks, they yeah, so they can still they can still penetrate. Yeah, right, they can do right, a Jesus right, yeah. like Jesus fuck or whatever it's called. What? You know, yeah. when you make the sign of the cross, but you're inside somebody. Mm-hmm. Man, don't that, shake your don't shake your head at me. That's why the Pope was praying for them. <laughs> Those boys. <laughs> I hope they get to the moon <laughs> and they fuck it. Uh, and so uh, you know, while while they were trying to fall asleep, they just heard like a bang on the craft, and they're like, "What the fuck was that?" And they're like, "Oh man, it's probably just like a rock hitting us." But like probably but, just like a rock. Well, what are you gonna do? You're not gonna get out and look around. Plus, I mean, you know, it's probably pretty dark. Mm. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's, no, because they're on the light side of the moon. Yeah, so it's sun all the, the entire time. time. Um, uh, you know, so it's you know also easy unless to sleep. they ever, unless they end up in the Earth's shadow. No, I they they don't right because um, th- that temperature fluctuation is uh, crazy too. Yes, uh, and, and so uh, you know you just hear the sand. Or, you know, the dust hitting the module. From what? Just, you know, things get kicked up. From what? There's no wind. Stuff's moving out Dude, there. Dude, it's the aliens then. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's just... Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying there's really no way that there's... There's, there's no... That's why their footprints will be there for a million years. That's mm-hmm. why the flag doesn't wave. There is no wind on the moon. Well, maybe it's not wind then, but he says, you know, he hears... He's fucking Maybe it's just stuff that's, you know, moving through space. I think fucking the other dude farted. 
He said Shepard's the one that jumped out of the hammock when they heard the bang. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, so maybe he did fart. He's like, what was that? It could have been anybody. <laughs> What'd there you was, do? It was the dog. <laughs> there's, there's aliens. <laughs> but they smell like shit. <laughs> I suppose like the aliens got our dehydrated ice cream. <laughs> Uh, but they they go out the next day and they go to the crater. Well, you know they might to just to be fair, because the moon has no atmosphere, it can get space dust or space debris. Yeah, exactly. Could hit it. It's yeah. just that there is no there is no actual wind kicking up. I mean, there's the moon's like, dust. There's a cra- there's craters on the moon. Right. Stuff Things, hits stuff hits the moon yeah. from right. space, and yeah. a, a little stone can be easily yeah. be breezing by and right. hit the fucking Absolutely. craft. Yeah. yeah, or caught in the gravity or whatever. So I, yeah, I, and also I, any fucking noise. Any any yeah. noise in space is scary. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna freak the fuck out. Yeah. Oh God. Especially your stomach. Hit. And no one can hear you scream. Uh huh. Well, unless you're in with some guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not screaming. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you scream. Just Ed. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, the next day they go out, they go to that crater, and uh, they hold the record for uh, longest moonwalk, uh, nine hours and 17 minutes. Covering, Take that, Michael. Covering about five kilometers, um, which... And, and they held hands. Yeah, the entire time. <laughs> it's not easy in a space suit. Well, it's buddy system out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they, uh, they are the only guys to compete in, uh, both of them competed in the Lunar Olympics. Oh, whoa. And uh, Alan Shepard brought the head of a golf club, I believe it was a nine iron with him, and and a golf ball, and uh, and attached that to like just a random pole that they were going to leave there. So that somebody left on the moon? (laughs) That they were left on the moon. And he hit a golf ball with one hand into a crater. And then, uh, in the spirit of the moment, um, Ed Mitchell then uh, took another pole they were going to leave on the moon and threw it like a javelin. And he said he threw it further than the ball went. And uh, they were the only two people to, to compete. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yeah, you know, someone had to. But didn't Neil, they played golf too, right? No. They didn't? No, no, no. They didn't do. They just took steps. Didn't they fuck around with golf balls? Isn't that in the footage? I no, no, no. Shepard's the one hitting the golf yeah, ball. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Oh, God, okay. Yeah, and, and you know, NASA, the, you know, none of them, none of the people above them knew. It was uh, very un... Well, now we know. Yeah. It was unsanctioned. Yes. There's no yeah. tomfoolery in space. What did the Olympic Committee say? <laughs> well, given their record... <laughs> what did the PGA say? <laughs> they were like, as long as they were on drugs, <laughs> we don't care. The PGA was like, they're not black or a woman, right? <laughs> they're not riding a golf cart, are they? They're good. Fine. <laughs> now bring me back one of them bags of piss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so after their time on the moon, they, they uh, shoot back up to the command module. They attach. Everything's going swimmingly. And uh, now, basically, because he doesn't, uh, Mitchell has nothing really to do other than, like, you know, look at some uh, computers every now and then. Computers like, looks at some fucking charts. <laughs> it's a game of pong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, computers. <laughs> he's got to hit, tap some lights with a pencil. Look, it's not a good computer, but it's a computer. <laughs> but you know, he has nothing to do. Like his job, his job is over. Yeah, this is easy street now. Just yeah. Fall in style. <laughs> and so, uh, ocean. Without incinerating myself. That's it. Hard part's done. So, so he's, he spends a lot of time uh, thinking. And uh, there's a few days to get to Earth, you know? And he says as they're approaching Earth, he, he has um, what is called an epiphany. And because he's in the module, and as the 
module is approaching Earth. It's rotating uh, just slowly, uh, 360, and uh, his window is rotating between the sun and the moon and Earth, and mm-hmm. sun and moon and Earth. And, um, and then it's just sun and Earth and sun and Earth and sun and Earth. And he says, uh, he says, what I saw at the window was all I'd ever known, all I'd ever loved and hated, all that I longed for, all that I once thought I'd ever been and never would be. It was all there suspended in the cosmos on that fragile little sphere. What I experienced was a grand epiphany accompanied by exhilaration, an event I would later refer to in terms that could not be more foreign to my upbringing in West Texas and later in New Mexico. From that moment on my life would take a radically different course. Mmm. And uh, we should take a little, uh, little Let's break. Let's take a little break. It's, it sounds like it's, things are heating up. Mm-hmm. Hey, when you enter the atmosphere, <laughs> yeah. pal. You're telling me. Prepare for reentry. <laughs> all right, all right. I know you said this one is, is going to kind of kick off in the second half, so I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, folks, we will be right back. And we're back. Oh, hi. Hey. Oh, hi. How are you? So, now, we're going back into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going wrong there. Nope. So far. But he's having an epiphany. Yes. Looking at world, sun, moon, world, sun, world, sun, mm-hmm. world, sun, world, sun. World star. And then he's like, this fucking planet I hate it. God damn it. I can't believe I got to go back to this shit hole. Fucking no, no. No, he doesn't hate it. He loves it. Oh, he said something about everything I hate. Well, everything he's lo- ever loved, too. Oh. Meaning that he's looking at an encapsulation he- of mm-hmm. everything that's ever been mm-hmm. or will be has been, is just on this little So he loves rock. the earth, and he hates the sun. Long live the fucking peace. <laughs> nighttime is the right time. <laughs> nighttime is the right time. That's yes. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Ah, uh, yeah. Fuck the sun. <laughs> Long live the fucking beast, man. <laughs> Don't let the sun go down on me. Mm. Uh, you can let your sun go down on me. Well, oh, I mean, yeah. no, no. Elton John? Yeah. Don't. <laughs> so, so, so in, in, the, in the, the stories about Mitchell, when I just read, the, you know, see that piece in uh, the New York Times obituary, and in the brief snippets, you know, that they always say, Here's a man who had an epiphany on his way back to Earth. And because that's, you know, also he says that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, I think it's often glossed over that he had a head injury. He was <laughs> very interested in ESP before he flew. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And I don't think you could say that about any other astronauts. Mm. At least uh, definitely that time. Yeah, definitely at that time, and if they did, they had the, the sense to keep their mouths shut. Yes. Right. Or they were kicked out of the... Uh-huh. But, well, but well, he wasn't, he wasn't, he, he was uh, talkative about it, and he wasn't kicked out. So that, Yeah, he had always been very... Yes. He was always very honest and up, open about his interest in things like ESP and aliens. Mm-hmm. Maybe not aliens at that time. Not, not aliens at that time. The thing is, is that that line of work is going to uh, self-select a little bit for somebody that's into the extra, in the same way that uh, you know. But, well, well, no, not necessarily. I mean, they it, usually pick pretty meat and potatoes. 
the uh, test science, the guys that sure, but turn even, their brain off. Sure, but even then, the people on the ground, I think you're going to find that a lot of them are, you know, going to be sort of into, you know, reaching for the stars. Yeah, sure, like, sure, sure. But those, those are, those are NASA. Those, those are different types than the astronauts. Sure, uh, the astronauts are the guys who and ladies. At, yes, eventually, now. Eventually. But at the time, these guys were all test pilots, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even the ones who weren't flying the modules, they were test pilots. Mm -hmm. uh, guys who, you know, you don't have, it's all reaction. Yes. Uh, you do this over and over and over again. And you've you, got nerves of steel. Yeah. You're, la you're landing uh, a, a, a Korean War plane onto a World War II aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those was not built to handle the other one. Right. And you, you're making it work because it's intuition, mm -hmm. and also you don't have a choice. Right. Um, the February 1st, you know, the, the day after he f they, they lifted off, uh, the Baltimore Evening Sun had an article about each of the astronauts, and his was titled, Mitchell, once a cowpoke, is an intellectual. Which I, I, I don't think they thought of their astronauts as intellectuals. <laughs> yeah. in Former cowpoke. Huh. Yeah. Um, because it was an extension of the pilot, which was Still also a cowboy not, thing. Still yes. like the right stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, Fuck some ladies. Daredevil. Thing. Yeah. Yes. But they did all have to be. Yes. You know, they had to know their calculus and trigonometry mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. that other shit. But also, uh, at a certain point, still just uh, follow orders. Follow and yes. and improvise if needed. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. not freak out. Yeah. And, and not freak out. Yes. Not freaking out is probably the biggest part of the job. Yeah. yeah and, and so, you know, you, you, if you select for the non-freak out, you are also removing some of the, the overthinkers. Some of the... That's true. I mean, it's, it's, it is 110% natural to freak out. Right. Yes. When you're strapped to 15 million pounds of rocket fuel, mm -hmm. shooting yourself outside of... Where it's Known. safe to live. <laughs> <Known life. laughs> yeah. Onto yeah. a moving rock in space. Right. It's a completely normal reaction yeah. to freak out. And there's, but there is something, I guess, about that. That's why, like, when you see that, that these guys have, a, like, a general kind of, like, uh, Gerald Ford disposition. <laughs> right. You're right. kind of like, oh, right. good. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're like, that's great uh, to be back in the atmosphere and you're like oh god this it's is great to breathe again yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's all i have to say about that <laughs> yeah so in, in that baltimore evening sun article they also uh, there's just a brief little uh thing they also write it is also his nature to ponder over things that he and other men cannot understand mitchell is fascinated primarily as a scientist by the idea of extrasensory thought perception mm. esp and then they just move on to other. The next obituary. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it, there's no follow-up, no extra, no, you know, mm -hmm. not, not explaining what that means. Just here's, you know, he's interested in ESP and he's like, well, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the human brain, we're learning a lot about ourselves now and sure. and, other, and we're exploring. Um, and and what year are we in now? Our bodies are the 71. Okay. So, but this is probably like sort of similar time too as like men who stare at goats. Yeah. So we're talking we're, about we're not there yet, right? But more, we, more we, post Vietnam, I we guess. will be, right. and that will uh, come up. Um, the whole Project Stargate stuff that that will come up. Uh, but so so, you know, we're you know, seventies. Um, 
Free love, marijuana, right? Good cars, good coke, good movies, yeah, free aids. Yeah, we're not we're not there yet, you know. But okay, so he's coming back to Earth, and he has this epiphany, and this is how he would describe it. Uh, pretty, you know, in in this is from his book Earthbound, I believe. But he basically used this type of word, type of wording, in basically every interview he did, because he got the same question every interview he did. Um, and this is how he described the epiphany he had. When he saw the earth and the sun and the earth. And he said, it occurred to me that the molecules of my body and the molecules of the spacecraft itself were manufactured long ago in the furnace of one of the ancient stars that burned in the heavens about me. And there was a sense that our presence as space travelers and the ex existence of the universe itself was not accidental, but that there was an intelligent process at work. I perceived the universe as in some way conscious. Epiphany, I did not attach mystical or otherworldly origin to the phenomenon. Rather, I thought it curious and exciting that the brain could spontaneously reorganize information produ to produce such a fantastically strange experience. I think that kind of makes sense. It does, absolutely. Sure. Because there's a thing of, like, I went out there and they saw me. Right. Or I, I mean, uh, who's or, they? Or, 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 or it saw me. Yeah. And, the and, universe. And, yeah. And, and, and what he's saying is that we are are the eyes and ears of the universe. They're, I mean, it's all the same shit. We're well, just not, a not part... That, not that guy with the tattoos. He's got, they, they got taken off. How do you know that's not... Oh, his eyelids are cut off. I think he's only eyes now. <laughs> I think he's a brain in his a His ears bat. are cut off. Yeah. Wait, was that the universe's balls that got stomped? <laughs> like, you know, we... You know, Pluto. <laughs> we are, I think I read, you know, we are, we are a way for the universe to know itself better. Mm. I've read something like that. I might have been like, well, well, I want you to remember that thought about the shit. eyes and ears, uh, because and uh, fingers, yeah, and whiskers, no, no, because or... I think that I think that's interesting, and it, and it, I'll bring it up later, um, because it 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 does it is it is relevant, um, but he he would say that his uh he he would write later that his arrival on Earth would be the end of his first life, uh, the life in the interest of a physical journey. And his second life would, would then be spiritual and intellectual quest. And uh, he comes back down to Earth, and they have to stay in a quarantine for like three weeks because there had recently been a law passed that said like anything that comes from space mm. must be quarantined. For cooties. Yes. Yeah. For space cooties. Space cooties. Because uh -huh. uh, all the space aliens are blowing them and kissing them out there. No. They got a kissing booth on the dark side of the moon. Well, these guys spent the night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they got. And uh, while he's in quarantine, all, all of a sudden, uh, just a few days after he gets in, these newspaper headlines go around the country saying, uh, NASA astronaut did tests in space, did, did ESP tests in space. Mm -hmm. And Shepard, uh, like, sees the newspaper, he's, he looks at him, he's like, that's pretty funny, huh? And Mitchell's like, yeah, I, uh, I did. And Shepard goes, How what? do you get word out if he's in quarantine? So, ESP? No. <laughs> So, so before he went to the moon, he reached out to a couple ESP scientists. Uh, <laughs> Aaron's doing, yeah. giving quotes. And uh, they told him, they, they instructed him how to do a test to test whether ESP, uh, the idea of uh, thoughts being transferred from one person to another, could happen in space in a media, you know, a distance that long. I mean, we're talking a, a 400-year walk of mm -hmm. distance. That's right. And it only came out because one of the people involved blurted it out to a newspaper. 
because they wanted, you know, attention. And so this was the test. He did this, uh, I think, I believe, two or three times on the way to the moon and two or three times on the way back from the moon. Uh, uh, he, he would take uh, random numbers in a series of symbols. So he would link, he would make some random numbers, link them to a series of symbols, and then he would think about them real hard and send them so back to hard. Earth. So hard. Uh, and he says, for each transmission, I would then check the particular table of random numbers and think about the corresponding symbol for 15 seconds. Each transmission took six minutes. And uh, so he had this all planned out timing-wise. Right? So, so, so he would do this at the exact same time someone back on Earth mm-hmm. was also thinking really hard to get his... Yeah, just thinking so hard. And he said... Um, Staring straight at the moon. So he did this with four people, and he said two of them... Got 51 of the 200 guesses correct. Hey. Like he said, quote, far exceeding anything expected. Now, it must be noted, uh, a parapsychology skeptic Robert Carroll points out that two people doing better than expected and two people being doing worse than expected is what is expected. Yes. And also... It's exactly chance. Also, the launch was delayed by 40 minutes... But the people he was doing the experiment with didn't know that, so they were thinking of the answers before he sent them out out of his head. Right. Which means they did better. So, you know, there there's something funny here where, like, you know, I'm I'm very open-minded. I've read about this and the whole, like, you know, remote viewing stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm very open-minded to the, um, uh, the unknown about consciousness and et cetera and so forth. But I'm also very skeptical about things like this. Yes. Part of my skepticism on this is that if these um, extrasensory abilities exist, what makes you think you know how to do it right? Like, what if it, you know, what if right. it's either something you know some people are just naturally better at, or two, there is a a a, 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 sk- a skill that you can you know you can practice, you learn a method. To, and you can get better at it. like just thinking about something might not be the way to send that message right right like, right well, you're ju- you just concentrating really hard have, that maybe that's not the right way to send maybe, a fucking email because you know if, if you well, s- what would you say would be if, I don't know but well, just thinking about something well if you say it out loud we know that your voice will travel right and you so put that message in your head wouldn't that be from what we know a better oh. way? Yeah, I mean, oh, speech is magic. I can have an idea in my head, and then I make noises out of the (laughs) hole that I eat out of, (laughs) that I eat with. Not always. Or suck dick or breathe. I mean, speech is like the fourth use of your mouth. (laughs) It's like four. Yeah, for me. Maybe six or seven for you. Yeah. And then I can put another idea. Mine's mostly licking my lips when I see a hot guy. (laughs) And rubbing your hands together. Yeah, and I rub my hands together. Yeah. That's the only way I know gender is real, because... (laughs) When John licks his lips. Mm. That's John's porno name, Gender Israel. (laughs) (laughs) Genitalia. Only one one fucking porn star ever did it. Genitalia. God God bless you. So anyways, that's that's my thing. What made you think you knew how to do it? 
Yes. Well, you can't have fucking what's his name and you go six, motherfucker. <laughs> six. <laughs> no, he he did say uh, uh, Rusa did because uh, he would do these experiments right before they went to bed. And one time Rusa was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing. I'm praying." Yeah. Which, which you know, Triangle you godless star. heathen. <laughs> which would have made more sense probably to because, You know, when they get into the remote viewing stuff that they do with the CIA and all that, like, they eventually do start, they do try to... Wait, 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 hold on. You gotta, you gotta preface that a little bit. We well, well about, we, we, we can, we can, we, that will come up. We'll we can talk that, about okay. that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, just thinking, maybe just thinking about it is not the way you get it done. Okay. Yeah, I'll I mean... So, I, it's skepticism on top of... Skepticism on top of open, you know, yeah. belief. Yeah. Mm. On, uh, go on. Yeah. So, so, uh, so he gets back down to earth, and um, he has this uh, this experience, and he tries to uh, this epiphany of seeing the earth, and he and he and he tries to make sense of it, um, and so he goes to scientists, and they can't explain it. And he goes to preachers, and they explain it in the way that. You know, he grew up in going to a church. And they explain so, his epiphany. You know, in, is that in, what you're in, saying? In is that a, what he's trying to go to? He's trying to figure out what 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 was this epiphany? What is it? And he grew up in a church, mm -hmm. and he became a scientist, and he's not satisfied with the answers he hears from each side. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he decides, or thinks, or that it is a combination of both. The answer lies somewhere between them. Yes, it's very and, very um, Shinrikyo. Yeah. And uh, it's there were it, no Japanese. <laughs> no, no, but you know what I'm saying. It's 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 that thing where it's like, I have all this scientific knowledge, but I also like believe that there's more, and I want to achieve it through scientific methods. Right, but what he what he's trying to explain is the feeling that he got out there, right? That epiphany he's trying he to got understand it, uh, right? Of which, the un, uh, of the uh, the feeling that he is a part of the right, entire which, which universe. Eventually. Every, like every astronaut gets that when they see the Earth for the first time, right? Isn't that the very, like the common well, yeah, truism? Yes, but not in the way that he did, right? Or at least they can't explain it in the way they don't talk about their emotions. But the I think it's called did. the overview effect. Well, they talk about it's so petty that we fight amongst ourselves and, right. and all that sort of. And thing. it's all contained on this little. I, th I think. But this seems like it was something more. Like it was like. But he's right. I mean, I think there's nothing mystical about what he said. But where he goes is not right. That, not that's mystical. Story. So he then goes into the idea of metono, uh, uh, metanoia, meta. Spell it. M e t a n o i a. I meant to look that up. Metanoia. Yeah. Metanoia, or uh, also known as uh, samadhi, mm -hmm. uh, a state of profound, utterly absorptive contemplation of the absolute that is undisturbed by desire, anger. Anger or any other ego-generated thought or emotion. Can you say the first three words again? A state of profound and utterly absorptive, absorptive. Uh, uh, what word? Absorptive. Absorptive contemplation. I spell that. It's absorbing. Absorptive. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Well, a state of contemplation that removes any sort of outside feeling from you, where you are just, you're not, you, you're almost not even there. Yeah, Samadhi is like uh, cousin of Nirvana. Yeah, sure. Zen like, like fucking, Nirvana. Like, um, <laughs> but that's also like kind of impossible to say you can pull off as a human being. I would say. Well, you ever been to space? <laughs> no. But also, also all the people he yeah. is reading this, like the way he's under trying to understand this, 
are from people who haven't been to space. Right. They what they have done is they've gone to the inner space, existed in a place that they felt was not in any space. Mm-hmm. Like the Nirvana is not a physical or mental. There is no existence anywhere. There are no senses. It's if like you took like uh, uh, this is another bad metaphor a float tank yeah. and just <laughs> removed even. The idea of a float in a tank, and uh, there's no senses. You have don't breathe. Yeah. You don't feel or hear or touch or taste, mm. and there is nothingness. Yeah, but existing, even though you're actually not supposed to be thinking of existing. I suppose. Mm. Never mind. Yeah, it sounds like it's not for me. Well, too bad. Oh, is that a Nirvana <laughs> joke? Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah that's good. I'm yeah. kidding. You talking about the baby in the pool? <laughs> yeah. So, it used to be in utero. <laughs> so, um, well, I, I mean, it, it, in theory, you're, you're in this and you're still aware and you're calm and you're aware that there is nothing. But, the, you know, you're trying to circle a square, square a circle, I suppose. Um, it's, a, it's a mental state that involves no, no physicality, uh-huh. almost. I mean, I feel like, Aaron, you... Uh, oh, have yeah. some reading of, mm-hmm. of this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, he gets no physical action whatsoever. Well, it's, it's also sometimes, you know, you can get there on like, you know, blasting your, you know, a bunch of LSD where you're just like existing as just pure consciousness. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And and detached from your body or that's uh Yeah, that's the whole thing with uh, uh, Lynch and Transcendental Meditation mm-hmm. is that he, he, right. he believes it's, it, it is experiencing... Pure calm and, mm-hmm. and, and consciousness. Yeah, that's the point of uh, of TMA is to get to samadhi. I think samadhi Sanskrit or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. One uh, of those <laughs> languages, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, Hinduism and it is, uh, yeah, Sanskrit it is uh, very good. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? You, no, just, he's like you're just saying like huge world religions, and he's just making a face like. Yeah. Sanskrit's a language. It's a language. A fucking tongue. <laughs> so uh, um, he, in, that was 1971 when he returns and he goes on this journey. So in 1972, he retires from NASA and he creates the uh, Institute of Noetic Sciences in California. Noetic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. And noetic is basically, dude. I think it's in LA. It's uh, it's it's around LA. I don't think it, I don't think it's in LA. Oh. Dina, dirty Dina, <laughs> ions. Uh, noetics is a branch of metaphysics concerned with the study of mind as well as intellect. It is basically like the, the what are the molecules of your mind capable of doing? Mm. Are they they? they they give out energy. They accept energy. Mm-hmm. What happens with that energy? Say the wrong thing. Pop. Um, and so he creates this institute to study things like uh, all all sorts of parapsychology and ESP, telekinesis, um, the the. Uh, uh, the was it Edgar um, Edgar Casey Edgar Casey stuff yeah right? clairvoyance uh, maybe some spiritual healing mm. Mm. sexual right. healing sexual healing would be nice ideally and through this institute well first thing uh, after he gets back in less than a year his intense study 
and uh, journey through this process. He, uh, him and his wife divorce, and uh, he remarries the woman who helps him run the institute. Mm. <sighs> it's a journey. Sure. Hey, man, somebody. We're all fucking <laughs> atoms, you know? Yeah. She's basically you, honey. <laughs> we're all, but we're younger. All one. If we're all one, I didn't cheat on you. Yeah. yeah. She's like a younger molecule of you. I'm cheating on myself. <laughs> You're cheating on me. You got the young nut. Fuck a bitch. <laughs> Jesus. You got the young nut. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was Did a- you a favor? Get <laughs> my old ball bag. <laughs> you my old- oh, it's, a, it's a pet- in Petaluma, Aaron. Ah, very good. And 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 the the Institute of Noetic Studies, uh, you know what the acronym is, ions. Mm. Science is fun. Let's ions be ions. <laughs> and uh, so through this uh, through this uh, uh, new avenue of of study and enlightenment, he um, meets two people that would confirm his belief in this new science. The first of one of them is Norbu Chen. Norbu Chen is the only American reincarnation of the Tibetan Lama. Huh. Yeah. Is that confirmed by... It's confirmed by Norbu Chen. Got it. They uh-huh. talked to the Lamas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they were like... Big hit of they, the they nodded. And even some of the alpacas. <laughs> they did. They all nodded. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nodding. So that... Okay. Yeah, so Norbu... I'm using the fact that we all... Like, we laugh at that. Like, oh, who verified it? But we still, like... Like, we accept the Dalai Lama? Right. Like, as if he is the reincarnation? Well, at least he's not the American reincarnation. But it is a thing where no matter what, people are following it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do we accept, like, the... the the, the supreme fucking whatever uh, yeah. in Iran? No. No. But we understand that people are following that guy. Sure, sure, sure. That's true. What do they call him again? Supreme? Like, like, like this title is... So, it's In Iran? Yeah, it's not Ayatollah, but the, the supreme whatever. Supreme leader. Sorcerer Supreme? I think it's like, yeah, it's supreme leader. Like, it, it's, like the, it's like the boss of bosses, if you had that name, like, in, like, government. Yeah, it's a pretty good name, boss Supreme of leader. Like, I don't know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because someone else could be a leader. But I, no, thought, I thought Diana cool. Ross was the Supreme. <laughs> no, she's the true. Isn't it Diana Ross and the Supremes? Oh, she's the she's le- leading. leading them. That's right. Mm, I guess, yeah, you're right. She is the Supreme Leader. Mm-hmm. She's just like Patton. <laughs> she's just like, mm-hmm. just like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> she a desert fox. So he meets this guy. Uh, yeah. shit. So he meets Norbu Chen, and uh, Norbu Chen just, you know, sweeps him off his feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, uh, he's not without controversy, of course, but, uh, he, <laughs> oh my Lord, no, <laughs> he, uh, he meets him at a conference and, uh, and, uh, Norbu Chen, uh, you know, he, he talks with, um, Mitchell and convinces Mitchell that, uh, he is the American reincarnation of the Lama and, um, that he can heal. Nice. And so Mi- other people? Yes. Uh-huh. And so Mitchell's says, "Well, you know, my mom terrible eyesight. Oh, just bad eyes. She has to wear glasses." You're shitting me. No, his mom has to wear glasses. Oh my huh? god, like 40% of the population? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And uh and and uh, Norbu Chen says, "You know, well, okay, I well, think I maybe I can heal her." And, uh, and meanwhile, Mitchell's mom is um single. <laughs> She's actually dead. <laughs> Still wearing glasses, though. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so uh, she 
she is very religious. I believe like uh, you grew up, um, you know, made him go to church as a kid, right? And uh, just like oh, like a Baptist or whatever, like yeah, something in some New Mexico, Texas thing, right? Pentecostal. Yeah. Pentagramal. Hail Satan. Pentagramal. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll go along with it. So Norbu Chen and, and Edgar Mitchell go to her house. Or no, she comes to Edgar Mitchell's uh, place, uh, which would become important in a second. Yeah, he's and, done enough traveling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I'm him, I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> I'm not anywhere. Driving. You come to me. I went <laughs> yeah. to the fucking moon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done traveling for a minute. Uh-huh. And uh, they, uh, Norbert Chen sits in front of his mom, and he um, uh, is very still for a bit, and then he... Uh, uh, puts his hand, mm-hmm. rubs his hand over her head, and thinks a bit. Mm. Tells her to drink a lot of grape juice. Nice, and that she's now healed. After the grape juice, or? after the grape, the grape juice is always important. It, he, he, so she, you're he, healed, but you gotta drink. Grape he juice. tells he tells all of everybody to drink. Grape juice, and is that's that's wine. It could, it, it could be. It could be. Nice. Let me see. I think I I, I had a little for note. Shell here. for the Welch's Corporation. Uh, yeah. So he he was he, he sang a mantra. His hands floated over Mitchell's mother's head, uh, paused at the eyes. There's an unspoken acceptance on her part. Silent trust of the man she'd never met until this weekend. He did this for a few minutes. She said, "Go to bed. Sleep well. Treat yourself kindly." Uh, uh, like you'd been through major surgery, and uh, grim- drink grape juice and broth. And, and uh, Edgar, why don't you just leave uh, you, me and your mom here alone for a few minutes, and mm-hmm. we can have a little private time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feed your mom some uh, grape juice. <laughs> and uh, six o'clock the following morning, mm, bright and early, Mitchell's mother comes running in the room, and she says. Uh, Edgar, you motherfucker. She says, I'm blind as a bat. I can see. I can see. I can see. And before Mitchell can even respond, she takes her glasses. Uh, she re- no, first, she reads a page of the Bible she could barely read. Had, had probably read her whole life and memorized all the parts. And then uh, she reads a piece of the Bible and, uh, that she, she had trouble reading. And then she takes her glasses, throws them on the ground, and crushes the lenses into powder. And says, Mazel tov. <laughs> Jesus, just like that guy's boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She said, "Praise the Lord, I can see, I can see." Praise the Lama. And then, uh, and then she drove two hundred miles home. <laughs> she only lived five miles. From home. <laughs> she actually could have walked home. She couldn't see the road sign. <laughs> she turned a twelve-hour walk into a forty-five-year walk. Guzzling Wilch's grape juice the whole way. Mm. And then uh, a couple weeks later, she calls. Now, is that from Concentrate? <laughs> well, he doesn't you say. Think. He doesn't say. Very good, Aaron. Very good. Uh, so then a couple weeks later, she calls uh, Mitchell up and she says, uh, "By uh, what was that man's religion, by the way? Oh. And Mitchell goes, oh, no, I can't tell her. Her eyesight's going to go bad again. I can't tell her. And he says. But is she asking because her vision is failing? She doesn't say. He says, uh, you know, uh, well, he's actually Eastern. And she says, oh, then it's not going to work. And then only a few hours later, she needs glasses again. Wow. Just like that. So Norbu Chen 
just turns off the faucet. I think. And is is he, she turns off the? Is Nurbu Chen like his real name? So, no, it's not. So, um, he could be Chinese American. No, no, uh, no. This dude fucking looks like he's in Steely Dan. Oh, you saw him? No, in my mind, he looks like he's in Steely Dan. Huh. So Norbu Chen, birth name. Uh, his actual name is Charles Vernon Alexander. Yeah. Mm. A.K.A. Michael Alexander. A.K.A. Sam Jones. A.K.A. What writer William Nolan calls quote pompous, arrogant, and a vulgar fraud. Mm. Yeah. He probably would play tenor sax in Steely Dan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he he <laughs> pretty uh, good too. Uh, Nolan quotes him in. Uh, the book Nolan wrote about uh, called Healing uh, Doctors, was it Healing? Something like A Doctor's Search for a Cure, I think, where uh, Nolan was uh, kind of like, you know, going through, trying to be like, do any of these magic things work? Right. And Chen even admits that he fools people. Um, the- for example, my main name is not Norbu Chen. <laughs> yes. uh, he had spent time in a Kentucky mental institution. Nice. Um, he claimed to have forgotten his life before then mm-hmm. and also remembered it. And, um, you know, just a man who, you know, lived on his wits. Yeah. He didn't sell medicine, but he did sell medicine. Grape juice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he probably had. St- He's like, also, I have a stake in the. Also, grape juice. I'm a rep for Welch's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what you're going to want is grape juice, baby. Like the door-to-door vacuum salesman is actually like he's like a healer, but he's like it's dusty. If you if you vacuum, yeah, that gets rid of the. Now, do you have a vacuum? Oh, because you could use. I've got one right here. Yeah, <laughs> I really the thing is is that I probably was just like you know. She wanted to believe it. It was like placebo effect. Mm-hmm. Then it started with like just being like as inconvenient as ever to not have glasses. And, and she, then, oh wait, you know. And I, then she goes, "Wait a minute, the Tibetan what, what, man mm. who that man in robes. He wasn't my religion. Yeah, was he? yeah. that Lolly Dama. What the Lolly? And but Mitchell in his writings about this never. He does all of these studies about. ESP and telekinesis, but not on the guys who claim to be. I mean, wait, I mean, he doesn't do any studies on Norbu Chen. He claims to do studies on the next guy he would meet and also be convinced was a mental genius, and that is Uri Geller. Oh, Israeli. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't Israeli. He still is. He still is. He probably works for the Mossad. Yeah. And so he he's introduced to Uri Geller, and uh, uh, after uh, talking to Uri... Do you want to give any, any background on Uri Geller? Uri, Uri, no, you, no, no, I'm no, doing no, the profile. No, no, you can no, go ahead. No, no, no. You, it, you're doing the profile. You do it. So Uri Geller is a guy who became famous world over for uh, being a guy who could... Uh, was it sight read? Mm-hmm. He, 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 you would draw a picture, and he'd be like, I can think... I, I, I feel like... I know what you drew, mm-hmm. and I will draw it. And one of the instances is uh, uh, he draws. <laughs> There's a he's on a talk show, and this woman draws her and her daughter holding hands, and Uri Geller's like, "Okay, okay, ah, I'm thinking really hard." And he draws two stick figures holding hands. And then he says, "I it's just a, it's not it's a something I thought of. It's like it could be two mountains with like little hoops above them." 
or it could be like two people holding hands. Like, no one looks at that picture and goes, yeah, two mountains with hoops above them. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. She drew a permanent marker on a white page, and he probably saw through the page and saw what she was drawing. Uh, James Randi loved talking about Irving Geller. Mm-hmm. James Randi is a guy who said, if you can prove magic is real, I will give you a million dollars. A million dollars. And he did, he was, James Randi, great magician. The amazing Randi, I think he went by. Yes. Um, and uh, Uri Geller is one of these guys who, uh, when he was going on all of these talk shows. Uh, Very famous for bending spoons. Bending spoons was his big one. And, you know, Mitchell is wowed by Uri Geller uh, and the spoons. And he says he sees him go on Jack Parr and Jack Parr's holding these nails and Uri Geller bends the nails in his hands with just his fingertip. And Jack Parr, excuse me, Parr, the whole audience are blown away. And then, so, Uri Geller goes on Johnny Carson. And uh, Johnny, former magician, Mm -hmm. calls up James Randi and goes, James, uh, uh, what do you suggest we do? Uh, What's a good test? And Randi says, don't let him or his assistants anywhere near the props. Mm Mm-hmm. And, Bring your own spoons. And the so the entire interview is incredibly awkward mm-hmm. because Uri Geller goes, I, no, I just don't, I'm not feeling strong. I don't, I don't think I, I don't, I just don't feel, I feel like you're pressuring me. And Carson's going, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to pressure. I don't oh, want to pressure uh, you. Mr. Geller, uh, actually, we have, we've bought out, we have Ed's spoons from home. They're, they're covered in coke. <laughs> he's bending right now. He's bending. I brought these uh, here. They were given to me uh, by the former prison. I uh, understand you, uh, you get a little weird. Uh, <laughs> wacky. Yeah, little, little, here you have some wacky, wild, uh, weird, sil- uh, silverware, uh, some went... weird kind of uh, Jew magic that you got there. Uh, <laughs> so, I've just... Uh, but but the the thing is, it, 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 Randy is very annoyed by this, and I think uh, by the Carson thing, not not by the Carson thing, by the response to the Carson thing, and Mitchell points out that I think I think Mitchell points this out where he says it was actually a good thing that happened to Geller because it meant pe- people then didn't believe it was magic; they thought it was a thing that sometimes worked and sometimes didn't, mm-hmm. as opposed to. Seeing which, through the obvious which is fraud, even more magic. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, yes. it, it's it's I subject feel it to today. the whims of the universe. Oh, right, yeah, it's a thing where you go like, like I, I can't do it. right Shouldn't now. it be fucking like reliable at some point? No, that's what science is for. <sighs> and so Mitchell's then he says he's it's 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 kind of, it's a beautiful like it's perfect kind of like uh, it's a black rainbow thing where like it it. It covers everybody and everything. Like, oh well, you know, it's 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 fickle. It's a force of nature, and I right. can't really control it. I'm just tapping into it, and right now, oh, yeah. But that's also the same logic that means, you know, uh, it it with fucking QAnon supporters, that doesn't matter. That it's exactly that the, it's exactly the, exactly it's right. exactly the same thing. Uh, uh, parapsychology skeptic Robert Caro, when I uh, when he was talking about the experiment before, because he does he, he this is I get like he does it has this whole section on this book that he is uh, writing about. Um, Called uh, "Entangled Minds: Extrasensory Experiences in Quantum Reality" by Dean Radin, and uh, Robert Carroll uh, breaks it down. And he goes, "Okay, here's it's basically Radin doing the same shit he always does." But and then he's like, "Also, here's the Edgar Mitchell ESP bullshit," and he points out that Edgar Mitchell does the same thing that all these what they like PSI is the short term 
for parapsychology. Mm-hmm. He said they do what they all, they say. If the experiment proves we're right, then obviously right, we're right. And if it, and if it doesn't prove we're right, but well, that just proves that it's it's real uh, because yeah. sometimes it doesn't work. If it always worked, then it wouldn't be parapsychology; it would just be psychology. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of you know it's convenient. And then you can say, you, you can also say, it's something we don't completely understand yet, right? Like, so... But the the raw essence of science is, all we understand is what is in the experiment. Right. And also, all of the data that comes out of failed experiments is also just as valid as the ones that comes out of successful ones. Right. Like, it's it's a perversion of that. We're not here to prove a point. Right. We're here to find out whatever happens in the experiment. Right. Right. It's a perversion of that because they use that to... Say that they use it to it. their own advantage. They use it to like further right. their narrative. But that's the thing is like with an agenda, you cease to be a scientist. Right. Yeah. If you have any agenda, right. you cease to be a scientist. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like I don't care what the, like yeah, the experiment exactly. if it, what what it comes up with. I don't care if it says that fucking fossil fuels are the best thing for the environment in the world. Mm-hmm. If it's if, it's if it. that's if the fucking evidence shows right. that's, that's the, the case, then that's the fucking deal. Like that's what we all sign up for. Science with an agenda. Is always a thing where you know that's that's where uh, you know uh, you know fucking a science with an agenda. Oh, <laughs> get out of here! But it's it's that thing that like you know the the uh, they have that thing um, in Sopranos where Tony's into dinosaurs when he's recovering from the shot, mm-hmm. and he's going, yeah, uh, he's like these my kids love dinosaurs too, and scientists would have you believe they lived millions of years ago when in fact they lived six thousand years ago alongside man on Earth, and and he goes like, well. I got a friend over there that's a, a, like a fucking brain scientist. He would disagree with you. And he'd be like, I think you'll find that those people have agendas. <laughs> and, and, the, and, and, like, and of course, the thing is, is that you can say that because some scientists do have agendas. You know, yeah. very, so very, very few. A lot yeah. of science is also fun. Like, who's e- funding the, yeah, but even colleges, like, so many universities today have like their science department is, is paid funded. for by some. Some pharmaceutical company yeah, or energy some, company, but, right, right, right. but it, it, you know the agenda happens after the experiment. What in what sci- what data they choose true, to release? Sure, right, not. taking it to to spin alley. Right, exactly. But if it's if it's done correctly with a scientific method, there is no agenda there. It's a scientific method. Right. What you do with that information, that's where the agenda comes into play. Mm-hmm. With these guys, with a lot of the. Um, the convenient excuses of parapsychology, I can understand the idea that perhaps we don't know enough about the universe, a universe to control all the variables because what if there are variables we don't know exist yet? Mm-hmm. Right. We didn't like, if we don't like when we don't, we didn't know x-rays existed, mm-hmm. we couldn't cancel them out of right. an experiment. So I think there is something to be said for, our ignorance to the vast spectrum of phenomenon in the universe. Right. I completely agree. And not being able to t- totally isolate and control those variables. And there, I, I, I think, think there's there, something there, there. There is a place for open-mindedness with that. But it also is tough when someone like Edgar Mitchell... Wants to believe. And so here's what also happens with him and Uri Geller. Uh, he jokes, so Uri says, uh, he mentions that he can do... Uh, uh, he can, he can bring an object from one place to another, uh, not in his pockets, but with his mind. Mm. And uh, so, uh, so Mitchell jokes to him. He says, "We'll only bring a camera back that I left on the moon," and uh, they all have a big laugh. And then, 
either later that day or a few days later, they're having lunch and Uri Geller orders ice cream for dessert. And while he's eating the ice cream, out of it, he goes, oh, and then he, he pulls a tie pin out of his mouth that Edgar Mitchell says he lost before he even uh, flew on the mission, before he knew Uri Geller. He pulls half of the tie pin out of his mouth, Uri Geller does, and he says, oh my, is this yours? He goes, that's not a fucking camera, you Israel bastard. Anyway, he said the camera was a joke, but then all of a sudden he's doing this. And then, not long after that, uh, this a scientist that Mitchell works with is talking to a group of people, and the other half of the tie pin falls, hits the ground. Still not a camera. And then another, not long after that, uh, Mitchell and the scientists are alone in the lab, and uh, another uh, piece from one of from his lost tie pin collection just falls between them. Hmm. And he says, "I, I, Uri Geller, man, the guy. He's he's magic. He he's, is. Really, it was not magic. He is it's, really good at what he does. Yeah, what he does isn't magic. Hmm." And so Mitchell is completely like, there's no man. Like he's like, we we did studies on Uri, and uh, sometimes he wasn't feeling it. Uh, and uh, like when we put him in a completely controlled environment, right? But, exactly. but he, he said just wasn't feeling. Sometimes it. he could move a ball bearing just by wagging his finger on top of the table the ball bearing was under. Right. He's like, we got we got proof of it, uh, and I can't find any. He's like, we have it on video. I can't find these videos. He teleported the videos to the moon with his mind. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He, he is Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> but like, just Dr. With Tel Aviv. <laughs> and, and so Mitchell's, through this institute, gives Geller tons of money. Good God. And, he, and he, I believe he does that with Norbu Chen too. And he, he says not long after uh, Geller uh, leaves, uh, he talks to Norbu Chen on the phone and Chen hears that uh, you're hanging out with Geller and gets really like uh, butthurt about it, you know? They're, they're threats to each other. Yeah, you know, it's very, you know the llamas get real yeah. big with their ego. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. really like they really get frustrated yeah. a lot. Yeah. And uh, he says, he tells Edgar Mitchell, he says, take that gold ring off your hand and hold it, hold it up. And then he says, you want to see some telekinesis? I got telekinesis for you. And then using his mind over the phone, he crushes the ring while Mitchell's holding it. No, he doesn't. Now, Mitchell, there's, again, there's no pictures of this in the book or anything. Uh, but Mitchell says he's, you know, when he wrote the book, he said he still had the, the crushed ring that he did over the phone uh, with telekinesis. Uh, and that, and, and you know, that was Norbert Chen. That wasn't Michael Alexander or Charles Vernon Alexander or Sam Jones. Yeah, or, that's Norbert Chen. Norbert Chen. <laughs> that's Norbert Chen, you know? This is fucking Norbert Chen we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Not exactly a lightweight. We're not yeah. talking about a guy who doesn't remember his life before he got this out of the This is the fucking Lolly Dama. Okay? The American one. <laughs> yeah. I think he was like, <laughs> yeah, the American... Dalai Lama. The American one. Yeah. <laughs> From Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'd love to see like a Mortal Kombat fight between the American Dalai Lama and Dolly Parton. Yeah, and Dan Steely. Hmm. She's she's a real llama. <laughs> the ring, nobody crushed in the fucking rings. Yeah, you know. Um, Let's see it. Okay, you still have it? Let's see it. Yeah. And yeah. how do I know you didn't just... Shut up. <laughs> I would love to believe it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I want to believe it. But also, uh, yes. it seems really dangerous that there's just a guy around who just yeah, like, we can should crush kill. stuff over the phone. Yeah, fucking shove him into a padded room and we study him and we weaponize him. Yeah. Thank and, you. And, and so, so, why didn't we win the imagine, war? Imagine you called me and like I had a ring on, which I, you know, I don't wear jewelry, but you're, you're it's cock ring. And, and you're going like, you're going, oh. and, and you're going like, crush it. You're going like, fuck your ring. Fuck your ring. You're and I'm just watching it turn to shit. dust and I keep it all. And then I'm like, I. I'm going to tell somebody about this. Yeah, Uri Geller, he, so one of his things was bending spoons. So he would have like the host of the of the 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 show like hold the tip of a spoon, the the kind the little concave tip and uh, the spoon and, part. The spoon part, yeah. And then Uri Geller would hold the other end and then he would be like I'm just rubbing, I'm just rubbing the part where the spoon touches the non-spoon and I just keep doing that and it oh. gets soft and then it bends and it breaks and, and there is no spoon. And uh, and James Randi is like, yeah, I can do that right now. I'll just do it right on camera. And he's like, you can you can uh, you can uh, bend them beforehand. Makes you, it a lot easier. You weaken the that part. Uh, or uh, or or one of those was like bending a key. And he's like, you know, you can bend a key while you're sitting in a chair waiting. You just move your chair a little bit, hit it off the table. Mm-hmm. You bend your key, and no one will notice it's bent until you start rubbing it. Right. Right. You hold it at an angle. Hold it. Right. You can't see that it's bent. Right, and so yeah, so I I mean I so I I don't know. There's no picture of this ring, uh, because if it was real, you would be like, okay, well now do that every day, ev- every day with everything. Yeah, do that to manufacture microchips. Yeah, crush like, this. Why beer. is it spoons? Yeah, like yeah. go to a bar and just crush all the beers. You know how much easier it would be to recycle if all my cans were crushed? Yeah, but, but crush all my cans. Early Gale, early Can Gale you said, get rid of this guy's urethra and balls? <laughs> he already did it. Can you bring it back? Eric <laughs> Geller would say, he said, "I'm just thinking, break, 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 break." And he and defend Israel from Palestine. Like, what are you? D- yeah, is he the Iron Dome? But 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 Mitch, <laughs> Mitchell would he would say other scientists have studied. Uh, kids doing this, which means that it's not just one person. Anybody can learn it. Right. And that seems pretty scary if just anybody can go around breaking stuff like that. But it, it never goes f- any further than this Spoons. little... Spoons. Right. So anyway. However, the, uh, the Israeli government did hire... And, and, and several uh, Israeli like energy companies hired... Geller to um, douse to to water. Uh, so he has made most of the money for the rest of his life from finding oil. finding oil. Oh, really? Yeah, by doing dowsing, like with the stick and shit. And, no shit. And he's had like better than chance success. No shit. Am I right there? Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's. A, but he has been hired a lot. But also, I mean, I've, and he I've, also I've heard, may just be a Mossad plant. I've heard of stories of of just that's non non Yuri Geller people also. Making money, uh, making money, doing yeah. that. Mm. Uh, you know, the, not also not hard to find oil in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, right, right here, right here. <laughs> oh, not here. No, I meant over there. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have not feeling oh, it today. Oh, 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 give me a spoon. Old. Give me a spoon. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Edgar Mitchell. So with this institute, uh, the uh, the ions, in, uh, the Institute of Noetic Science, uh, they uh, they do um, have a meeting with George W. Bush. W or H. W. George H.W. Bush, sorry, when he's uh, head of the CIA, mm-hmm. and that does, uh, whether they had any influence or not, um, they do start studying uh, the, the Stargate 
uh, studies, uh, but Mitchell and the Institute apparently met with them, the CIA, before they did those studies. Yeah. Uh, because IONS was, is, was fashioned as the leader of uh, telekinetic studies mm-hmm. and... Do you want to say what the Stargate studies are? So the Stargate program was a program done by the CIA that was their research into extrasensory perception. And, and not so much telekinesis. I mean, I guess they did with the, some of the men who started goat stuff, but it was mm-hmm. really, can we have psychic spies? Right. And part of that was... Remote viewing. Yeah, the remote viewing stuff. And they had a manual for it and what... And and they they're I mean when they you they released it with some like the the freedom of information stuff they had some success right but it wasn't reproducible right and it seemed that some people were just better at it than others mm-hmm. and it could be good guessing and they, it could be good guessing and it could just be innate talent because but it just it wasn't it didn't the juice wasn't worth the squeeze right mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time. There w- some some of those goats were dropping, from, right from being stared at, right like on record. And the frogs and stuff like that. And there were people who were just like, um, "Those are the frogs with the full head of hair that love sucking cock." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They when they turn gay, yeah. they just yeah. stared at him and start sucking his dick. Alex Jones come knocking for money now. <laughs> you put a dick on a table, you stare at a frog long enough, it, it, it's gonna suck that dick. And so um, they, uh, it was a real, but it also also might have been part of like a psyop against or uh, against the Russians and also the Russian psyop against us to be like, oh, you know, the Russians have psychic spies. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, oh, we got to get our own. Oh, yeah, yeah. to get us busy chasing our tails. Right, so it was like kind of like a psychic Cold War. Um, but there was some success with some of their remote viewing, but it didn't. It wasn't something where it was, you know, we want to be able to train soldiers to do that. Right. Not... Uh, there was like I think they had some secretary woman who thought she she fancied herself a witch. She's like I always have crazy dreams and like a, you know like I, I think I can do it. And she like worked her way into it. Mm-hmm. And she like she she could get into the state faster than anybody. Really? Yeah. And she and she was really good at it. And that kind of freaked out some of the brass. They were like, mm. Well, she's not a soldier. We can't teach her to do this. Fuck this bullshit. And she, so I'm a different kind of soldier, general. <laughs> A universal soldier. I'm a spiritual warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Can we take a real quick break and come right back? Sure. I'm sorry. We'll be right back, folks. And we're back. Okay. Let me uh, let me just go through a few things here. Uh, So so yeah, in the late seventies, I believe. The uh, Institute uh, has a meeting with George H.W. Bush hmm. about um, uh, what was stuff. Read that- my mind. <laughs> 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 no nudes. <laughs> I try to get them to read my lips. They huh. couldn't do it. Not going to do it. By any chance, have you seen a thousand points of light in the sky? <laughs> so, uh, Mitchell. I think maybe I I don't I don't know, but uh, maybe he's he's on a path. I suppose in 1978 at a conference, according to um, uh, uh, someone named Mensch, who's does the the forward on the uh, uh, one of his books that I read. <laughs> one of whose books? One of Mitchell's books. Okay, she she puts together. She does like a couple things for Mitchell. Wait, who, who was it? 
Her last name is Mensch. I can't remember. Mensch. Uh, like she puts together like a collection of a book of his quotes and um, maybe it's Way of the Explorer or something like that. Um, she puts together, you know, books of his. Uh, and she says that uh, at a conference, Mitchell says that the thing that really brought the Apollo 13 astronauts back was uh, it was the power of thousands of praying minds that pulled Apollo 13 back to Earth. Yeah, that's it. Um, Remember when all those people prayed to kill Hitler? And yeah, it was, I mean, and nothing happened. Well, a lot of people prayed for Hitler to kill them, is the problem, Aaron. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I, I, I is don't. that a self hating Jew joke? What are you talking about? No, I'm saying there's two sides to a war. Oh, right, right, right. The, oh, the, I see. And so they kind of cancel each other out. That's the idea. That would be the idea. Is that cancel culture? Yeah. Huh. Mm. Mitchell was right, though. I mean, I, I don't know if, He's being misquoted, or it's a bad paraphrase, or um, he would say that through his line of work, he had met a lot of people with interesting views, mm. and uh, and that people would be like, there were 12 men who walked on the moon, there were 12 apostles. Right. And he was like, I had to- st- There I, were 12 I, Apollos before one went bad. Yeah. There's 12 eggs in a car in. Mm-hmm. Apollo Creed died in the that, ring. That's a Judas mission. <laughs> I uh, think, uh, well, like, you know, again, going back to the David Lynch thing, uh, where he's he's such a believer in transcendental meditation. Yeah. And he says, you know, if there's enough people doing it in, like, a stadium, that the crime rates will fall in the local area, stuff like that. Yeah, because everybody's praying and not doing crime. Right, right. and they're but, all at the stadium. Yeah. But also, hold on, like, Come on, we're supposed to be open-minded here, sure. which I know yes. I know you're not. <laughs> I am, dude. John, will you be open-minded about him? But be open-minded about my intolerance, please. The idea of uh, uh, prayed for patients do better they uh, don't. during surgery. They not, don't. not true? It's not true. Okay. Um, but but I understand what you're saying. There, I, I do, I will uh, concede that we don't know everything about mm-hmm. how not just the universe but our just own mind and bodies yeah. Yeah, and yeah. intent. Total, yeah. I, I I vibe that you know the whole thing about like oh writing positive words on fucking water bottles and freezing them makes the crystals per- that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I don't know that one. That's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. But the idea of um, well, you believe in that like coming on stuff. Coming on? Yeah. Is like, that like QAnon? Uh, uh, like I'm coming on your food when you're not looking? And no, no, it? no. Like you, so. like you come, you come on, <laughs> you come on like one of those, uh, like those chain emails that says like you're gonna get like all that money, and then like you get it, like that sort of thing. <laughs> the Jack Parsons shit, all that sex magic. Oh, like come, come oh, you mean sex magic? Yeah. I, do I believe in it? No. Uh, you don't believe in the Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> well, you, well you believe that he believed in it and that he got results from it. Anecdotally, and it doesn't mean that coming on the tablet did it. Sure. I believe that it's people just, believe. It's just a, it's just a wonderful coincidence, yeah. right? Sure. And that that's it makes a good story. I don't know if you can. I don't know. You know. Um, I think that the placebo effect can expand beyond just medicine, mm. right? So, uh, you know, if you tell yourself, you know, fuck, man, I'm the most baddest motherfucker of all time, mm. and it, it and if it takes my if I have to psych myself up by jerking off onto a, a Tony Robbins book, and it makes me through some way more confident, more uh, better at shooting free throws or whatever it is, mm-hmm. 
it does, I don't care how it works. It, it's working in that moment for that person. Right. I don't know if it's reproducible or if it works for everybody or right. if there's a method to that madness, but hey, man, it works for me. Like, you know, some people, they have a, a, a tradition, you know, they got to fucking blow a kiss before I shoot a free throw. I don't know why I'm just using basketball stuff. But. Right, Jason Kidd. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. but th- th- there, is, there is that thing, right? Where right. Like, the, so- the placebo effect is real. Sometimes yeah. that's magic. But Larry Gell is from his But when there is also like the cave-in, it's like, when there's what? When there's like a cave in, it's uh-huh. like you know sometimes they don't get out of the mine. Right. You know what I mean? But when they do, we're all like, oh, it's because everybody in the world was like praying for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's it's one of those things where you're like, I mean, I don't. Say I that. guess you know. I think we kind of like rem- remember the times. We remember the times that it worked. It and worked. We selectively forget all the times it doesn't. I yeah maybe yeah because that's a bummer. Right. Yeah, I mean. More people were <laughs> more people were praying against the Nazis than there were Nazis praying for the Nazis, yeah. and they still killed fucking upwards of millions of Jews and right. And remember when we prayed stuff. for the miners? It didn't work. It's like no, I don't, play, I don't, I don't want to remember that. Play pray for what? Pray for the miners, and then they all died. The miners, the miners, miners, oh, like, the like, miners, like, like the cave-ins that happened, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, we didn't get them. No, They're like oh, well, well, next time though. Yeah, remember, next- we, remember we prayed the gay away. <laughs> right. Do you remember when we fucked the pain away? <laughs> well, you had to take my nuts off to do that. Uh, let me quote from the Teachers of Peaches, <laughs> <laughs> chapter 420, book 69. <laughs> fuck the pain away. Yay, I repeat it. Yay. Fuck the pain away. God, it's a good song, John. It is. Hey, by the way, did you know today was 420? Yes. And Bitcoin hit. Oh, four twenty sixty nine, baby. No way. Forty two thousand sixty nine dollars. What was it at before that? Uh, low of like thirty eight thousand today. Up, 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 been above forty three. So, so would you say that like every four twenty, you can you like figure out how to buy and sell, just no. based on the fact that people no, are no, try no, to no, no, do no. that. Hmm. Okay. No, because last four twenty it was. Anyways. So okay. So so. We clearly have uh, some stuff to talk about, so let me just yeah. get through some things here. We do. Um, we do. <laughs> we really do. And that's nice. So so uh, Mitchell, uh, then for the most part, over the rest of his life, would, would focus on and off on studying the quantum hologram. Which, the quantum hologram. Yes, which, which I, I, will, I will get to in a second. Um, but uh, first I would say the, in the 1980s, he uh, divorced again. Hey. Um, he married a former Playboy Playboy Bunny who was half his age. Hell uh, yeah! Together they would have one child. Uh, he would then be sued into paying child support. I think he was always in, running the Institute of Noetic Sciences is um, a lonely job. It's it's not a big money maker. Right. It's a money maker. He did say though. Actually, I forgot to mention this. Uh, when he, when he, after the news of his, um, when he came back, when he flew back, like when he arrived back on Earth, and the news of the ESP studies, he said everybody at NASA didn't care, but Vernon Braun Braun was kind of interested. Yeah, and made a speech uh, at a fundraiser for the Noetic Institutes. Yeah, those those early adopters of those of these you know new sciences are always going to be kind of wacky, right? Yeah. And I I vibe with that. Like I think that I think you need mavericks in those in those study in those fields to mm-hmm. push the envelope and be you know take the step that other pe- the more conservative minds wouldn't. Right, so, and so and so in that. I mean, also Werner von Braun hung the slowest Jew workers in his factory every day to, to send a message. So that's not cool. 
Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. No, and, no and, disagreement and, there. And, and, and Mitchell also uh, skates past that yeah. when he talks about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who really liked me was Werner von Braun. It's like <laughs> you know what's funny about about that, but not for not for any. You know, just it, for the it's like, stuff. Uh, it's like uh, fucking Patton doesn't hesitate to be like, you know who really loves me is Stalin. Yeah. You're like. That's not, yeah, that's not, that's the not really a feather in your cap. That's not the bright you think it is, yeah. But, uh, uh, but, Did I slap the soldiers? But what I was going to say was in regards to like uh, my man with uh, discovering phosphorus through uh, uh, the, al- the alchemy the and, and, and piss. Yeah. It's a thing where you go like, okay, so if it starts with science with an agenda, fine. But then, like, you just got your results, and then you just got to figure, like, you just got to go from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and probably the Mavericks, like you're saying, they probably start with some kind of an agenda. Yeah. And that's great. And they stumble upon something else. And they stumble upon something else. But then it's like, you just got to, like, be like, okay, let's dial in on what we know right. through science. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. Not just be like, okay, well, it's not what I was looking for. It's like that's not that's not the journey. The journey through science is to be like, okay, well, where is it leading? Right. Or or at least abandon your previous. Like, if you were looking for X and you found Y, give Y to somebody who wants to deal with that. Right. Or abandon your search for X and focus on that because Mm -hmm. you didn't find it. But and that's kind of what happens. I think by and large, that's how things were. Like you know, kind of yeah. Uh, so I think we're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. So far, uh, in 1982, he is voted out of his chairmanship at oh. the Noetic Institute. That he founded. Yeah, <laughs> oh. nice. it was a coup. Uh, he says no hard feelings. Um, I'm gonna go home to my Playboy bunny wife. <laughs> There's no, hard no, feelings there. I'll tell you that. They were. Oh, that was over too. No, they were together long enough to make a kid, and then he was sued into paying uh, child support. And he's in his mid 40s, uh, 50s. <sighs> nice. Dude. Yeah. Uh, in uh, 1996, he comes out and he publicly says that we've been visited by aliens. The U.S. government is covering it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a whole interview on Dateline about it. And uh, then the like NASA's like, we love him, but that's not true. And then in later interviews, he he's very um, fuck NASA. No, 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 no. He's very he very much says like I don't have any personal experience seeing them. Right. Uh, 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 you know, they like they didn't crash around me. He says I talked to some of the people at Roswell years later, and they swore that it wasn't a weather balloon. Right. Uh, and he yeah. said they visited us. Now, I mean, there's no question. There's definitely been UFOs. Of course. It's unexplained flying object. Of course. Uh, and the government has taken a very, very keen interest in it. Yes, and, and also very as, as keen of, not a, to share what they know. Right, and and, and but it, as of late, as of very, very recently, the past five years, they've been much more like, yeah, this happened, and we don't know. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, guys know, Harry like Reed, Harry Reid, yeah, ran the committee, or I really like the fucking ghost committee, in charge yep. of investigating these things, and you know, you've had the Navy videos come out and stuff, so. You know, it's there are phenomena that are unexplained. Yeah, and wasn't it wasn't like fucking Podesta mad into it? And part of I like, thought there might have been kids on there. Like, like Hillary's campaign was like being like, yeah, if we get it, we'll also like. It was like you know, kowtowing to like the tiny like, yeah. I- like alien truth. So, so B- B- Podesta <laughs> and Edgar Mitchell email actually shows up in the Podesta email. Really? Uh, yes. Did they talk about pizza or anything? No, no, no. 
Dungeons, yes, but no pizza. Uh, so uh, Edgar Mitchell in the late 2000s, he claims that a remote healer in Vancouver, he lives in Florida, uh, had healed his kidney cancer over the course of six months. What, via uh, Skype? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, you know, maybe over the phone. Um, he said he never, had, he never had a biopsy, but uh, he had a sonogram, and MRI that was consistent with renal carcinoma. So he never was diagnosed. But, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, February 4th, 2016, the night before the 45th anniversary of his lunar landing, he dies in West Palm Beach, Florida. Huh. But uh, he's also on the last track of uh, Daft Punk's Random Access Memories on the track Contact. Oh, that you can sync up to the uh, 2001 Journey Through the Infinite scene. Huh. Uh, and they play a recording of Edgar Mitchell uh, on the moon or, uh, or talking in, in space. Yeah, uh, and maybe I'll, I'll play it for you as the last thing we do. Okay, cool. Uh, so, so a, a couple things I, I talked about the um, quantum hologram. No, it's not your regular hologram here, John. No. This isn't a Marvel masterpiece. This isn't a, uh, a Venom hologram card that you get out of your fucking Fleer Ultras. <laughs> All right, this is quantum. <laughs> like, you know? Uh, yeah, I can't understand it at all. So, um, quantum science, uh, quantum attributes, he, he says, uh, are deal with entanglement, coherence, resonance, and non-locality. Um, Checks out. Are you familiar with... As much as any, at, at, <laughs> the, more than make, you guys. Yes. Enough to make conversation? <laughs> yeah, only for conversation. <laughs> Anybody that says they understand quantum physics doesn't. Uh, I don't. But I'm familiar with the terms. Yes, non-locality is a big one, mm-hmm. um, which is that... You're nowhere. No. Nope. So, sub, subatomic matter... Uh, Particles. They, again, they give off energy, they take in energy. and They are energy. They are in, in, entangled um, with those at the things coming in and going out. And so, there, if I may, so Please, two particles can interact with each other and then be separated by distances of light years upon light years. Mm-hmm. And then they can, they can exhibit something called spooky action at a distance. Uh, I think that was coined by Einstein, where if you pair two particles through some means of interaction and then separate them by great, great, great distances, you can then make a change to one of these particles that will be reflected instantaneously by the other one, by the other one faster than the speed of light. Uh, by- like literally instantly. Right. Not... By virtue of just their some spooky action at a distance, right? And so, but it is almost saying that it's it's by virtue of uh, some uh, magical intimacy. Well, it 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 is. It's not magic if it's science, right? So, it's by some means uh, hitherto before, before unbeknownst, unbeknownst to us. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good, very good. Uh, and so that's non-locality, right? right? There's no restriction between space and time, it's, right? It's, it's, your, it's your Marvel shit. That's right. So the the quantum hologram is is uh is based. So he says this is based on quantum emissions from all physical objects, right? Quantum emissions from physical objects. Any physical object of macroscopic size, molecular right. and above, emits uh, energy and absorbs energy. 
And with each of these uh, out and in carries information. And so, therefore, it must be believed that when something takes in the information, it learns something. Mm -hmm. And so the question is how to build that into a structure where then the brain makes sense of it. What are you getting exasperated about? It's just it's just nonsense speak. Not not you, Matt. But I mean, right. what he's saying is just is it, what what is being said here. Right, and, but you, I mean, you just did spooky action at a distance. Why is this? Because that's the term that is used. It's sure. called spooky action at a distance for a for to ex, uh, to put a name to a phenomenon for which there is no explanation yet. And and he, what he's saying is just what I don't know what's being said. And what what he's saying is that what happens with this is it's recorded. In nature. In, right. And so the holographic, the hologram is the fact that if you take all of these things, it is a record of something happening or whatever. Right. Which existing, is, which is a borderline being. into like, uh, uh, you know, Eastern uh, mythology of the Akashic records mm -hmm. that everything that ever happened or ever will is recorded in some ether. And that's why, you know, he has the samadhi when he comes right, back. Right, Because he, he's, he finds, I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, he finds that that Eastern mythology mytho is the is, thing that connects both science and, and maybe the religion he that. grew up with. And maybe there's something Absolutely. to that. Uh, but it is, it, it's, it, for, you can tell that he has an agenda and there's some wishful thinking. Yes. But it doesn't mean that he's wrong. No, and I think it, I think it is interesting uh, one of the things that, that he does say, they ask him in uh, uh, one of these interviews, I think it might be... Uh, How was that ice cab cream? CabinetMagazine.org. What's a know, Which has the hard questions. They ask him what he believes God is. And he basically says that he believes God, physical God, is the physical universe. Sure. Everything the, that is, everything... That was or ever will be, basically, Bernhard. And the consciousness of God is the consciousness of the universe. Mm. And I think, is you know, as someone who grew up looking for God, uh, me, uh, and and trying to find it through traditional ways, and then eventually being like, well, the like American Indian who's like Earth is God is yeah. like that makes the most. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like I think there is something positive and interesting. I mean, about his conception Absolutely. of God. Absolutely. And and also, you know, he's at the end of the day, he's like he, he says, I'm doing this stuff because like we need to live in peace and trade. We're destroying the earth. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, his message as, you know, as dumb being with Yuri Geller and all these people. He's years later from that. He's still going. Like we are hurting ourselves mm -hmm. with our lifestyles and, yeah. and what's happening to this planet. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the universe is is halfway over. Mm hmm. And we still have plenty of time to figure it out, but maybe not us. And he's, so th there is a positivity to, I think, that message of, of God being this entity that is everything combined mm -hmm. uh, and that we should work together to figure it out. So do you think it is just a thing where maybe the exact experience of just being in space has that effect on you where, like, yes. it, it's going to, like— if you are predisposed, like I don't think like it, he was to, he was already into ESP. No other astronauts were. Right? Sure, but every astronaut sure, but, that goes, up, I mean, everybody 
everybody that goes into space and sees the Earth floating, right, right, has a similar. And now you do that to a guy who's already searching, right? Then it's you know ten x. Yes, yeah. But I do think that there is something to seeing, you know, the overwhelming. Insignificance Fragil- fragility. Or f- fragility of this is all there. This is all we've ever known, ever ever have known, or will known. Yeah. Sure, know. Though we could look at John Lennon's voting record when he was a Republican uh, John politician. Lennon? John Glenn. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, so you know, maybe it doesn't extend to all of. Yeah, them. but he only orbited for like a fucking minute. He didn't do <laughs> shit. He didn't go to the fucking moon like these real heroes. Uh, and there's sure. a, there's a thing there too, where like, yeah, those guys who, like we said, were kind of selected for following orders and not being the most free thinking folk, right? And they are thinking it's the first step in a new form of national defense. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. And yeah, maybe yeah. it's something that also sure, fades sure. after time. It's something like sure. you know, psychedelics or whatever. Like you can maybe you gotta kinda re up every once in a while right, because right. that that feeling fades. Right. Yeah, no, it did that. But the original sense. thing, I mean the first thing, like I don't I mean, I don't care who you are. I, I, I would imagine it's just got a fucking It's a religious experience. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, like to, to, I mean, but like yeah. but the, to go through the G's to the, then nothing. The perspective, you know, I mean, even on top of, uh, you know, the the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. as like a young kid, I remember just looking down and like so the hot. tininess of everything and just going like, oh, God, I can see like, all, like I mean, you know, people like not even seeable, like cars are ants. Yeah, yeah no, you I know that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah. And you're going like, fuck, man, like there's just all this shit going on and like all these people have like, you know, you know, it. It's it's the thing, you know. Uh, there's a, there's a weird thing where uh, when Carmela Soprano goes to Paris and she's like, "Isn't it weird? You show up, and you know, there's people in a place, but then you see them, and it's like they weren't real until you were there, right? Yeah, and yeah. You, yeah. And, and then you see them, and you're like, "Oh fuck yeah, people! Everybody's just doing their best yeah, the whole life." And, and like, I mean, he even, I mean, he he talks about like going, getting on, going and being on the moon was a completely different experience, something he never expected. Where the fact that he was on this place that he had studied and thought about and uh, prepared for, and then he's there and there's nothing. And it's just him and Shepard. Nothing can and, prepare you for that. And there's nothing else. Yeah. And this is another world. Yeah. This isn't Earth. He's standing. Yeah. You know, you get into space and you're floating around. It's fa- un- it's, famil- it's unfamiliarly familiar. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an uncanny feeling, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, personally, I'd rather go on a rocket ship into space than to build some building like the World Trade Center. Like that kind of heights. This is apropos of nothing. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That yeah. freaks, dude. Like being on a crane is. Oh, but I gotta fucking tighten these. No, that branches. that should no, freak. Should that... be into the fucking space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that shit freaks me out. Oh, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather burn up in the atmosphere coming in than fall off yeah. Trade Center while working. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. Because it's, <laughs> I, think, I think when you're just like hurtling through air, it's kind of like, oh, well, something will catch eventually. Yeah. yeah. Even if it means like you're- Me body. on fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll yeah. catch. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck, man. My, my dad. Like, I tell you, my dad was like so afraid of heights. Like, we got to the end of True Lies one time. My dad was just like, I'm, I'm out. Like, he just, like, walked up and left the room. Well, like, you and I both know somebody who's afraid of flights who was a helicopter pilot. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, you know, comedians uh, have are socially awkward and in on stage the only time they have control over. Their yeah, life. sure. That's uh, and helicopter pilots are like, well, I hate heights, but I'm in control. Uh, when yeah. I'm yeah. Flying the fucking thing that's fighting the heights. That's yeah. kind of the way I feel about driving, too. I'm like, I, I'd rather drive than be driven like nine <laughs> yeah. times out of ten. Aaron's one of the few I trust. Oh, I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love driving, but I, I, I'm told I. Someone That's crazy. You trust else. me? I do. Oh, oh, cool, man. Thanks a lot, dude. Yeah. yeah you are a good driver. B minus. <laughs> B plus is what you gave yourself. All right. <laughs> B. B. Is B. It, this is the year he got like his fucking new car. You show me the safety features. Safety features. Total, this isn't a new. He had to, I had totaled two cars. Two in cars a year. Oh, in a year. Okay. And he showed me. And, oh, that's And right. he goes, you know me. He goes, uh, that's right. B plus driver. <laughs> yeah, that's right. B plus driver. That's right. I was fucking dying. <laughs> I've got a lot of miles on me, therefore I've got a few, yeah. you know, accents here. And well, there. you grew up around here. Like, this is a weird place to learn how to drive. It's <laughs> no, but not only that, in that era, in fairness, Aaron was working like insane hours. I was driving 200 miles a day and, dri yeah. and driving like yeah, like in insane and like being I, like I fell asleep. Yeah. It, it's, hey, it's, so did I when I was driving. Dude, it's fucking hard. You were man. I wasn't trying. It's, yeah. it's hard, like dude. And then I, you're distracted and stressed out. I mean, there's a million other things, but I would say, to be honest with myself, I'm a B driver. I I learned uh, the oh. thing. I I was because I was like, I was like, I'm uh, when you're nodding. I was like, you got to do either cigarettes, sunflower seeds, drinks, mm. or snacks. Yeah, like you got to have something going on with, with the, the mouth. mouth. Well, that, I, yeah. I used to drink coffee, and then I'd fucking get really tired. It's like no soda, like the just a pile sugar. of sugar, right? Because I know caffeine, sugar, I'll drive, and caffeine. I'll drive, you know, eleven and a half hours straight. Yeah, you know, up to, up to Oregon or something. I almost drove sixteen hours straight in a day, like an insane person. Yeah. But you got to have something to throw in there. Sunflower yeah, seeds, do. I find, are the best you, because you, you have it's, to, a, it's a little you, bit of a puzzle. You can't so fall you, asleep while eating them. Do you, you know, tell me, show me somebody that fell asleep eating sunflower seeds. Uh, yeah, they're fucking I love, cough, coughing yeah. up shells. <laughs> <laughs> they're in Ukraine. <laughs> they love sunflower. But yeah, I think oh, right. I think that guy is just a thing where it's like maybe because of the church upbringing, mm -hmm. and then flying, ha having the crazy experience, it could maybe spin it further. Sure, yeah. Than other people, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're kind of looking for answers, yeah. And it and seems like he was looking for answers, right? And but they're all looking for answers. Yeah, but that, that's the, the point of NASA. No, 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 no. But I, the I, astronauts I, aren't always looking for answers. Sometimes they're just looking to do a cool thing. Sure, sure. No, I understand. I, I, I understand what you're saying. He, he was, he, he, he was a little. He was primed for it. Well, right? I mean, that's what I mean. Just going back to that. But he also, it also is just. It's also just a personality type, and it's it it because I would I would. I would bet that many of those waspy white dudes in NASA were raised with some sort of religious upbringing. Oh, absolutely. Probably States, all of them. Right? Probably so all of them. Even I don't, if they think, didn't I don't think that made him very special. I think what made him special was everything else about him mm. and his openness to certain things, right? But for the most part, still, like, there is a thing with NASA. I mean, like, we've talked about all the inventions that have come out of it, whether it's like Tempur-Pedic. Or fucking Astroglide. Or the space pen or dehydrated fucking ice cream. Right. All this fucking shit. <laughs> but, you know, there's a thing there where there is some sort of uh, a pure science uh, look to it. Like what, you know, in fucking uh, like CERN. Right. Where it's just, it's pure science. Yeah. People are like, and then a million things come out of it. The yeah. internet comes yeah. out of it. We're right. just trying to figure it out, whatever. But like, you know, they're still kind of controlled by a government agenda. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like now it, it, it got to the point where everybody was just like, listen, fuck NASA. Like, we're just not going to basically fund it anymore. Right, but it's, that's changed. It's going to be private, uh, you know, uh, space shit. 
Yeah. That I mean, NASA's getting. I understand what you're saying. You, you're you're right about. I, I wouldn't say it's fuck NASA. It's let's you know they don't get as. Well, what NASA is doing is just outsourcing a lot of their flights to private companies now because of the work that they've done over the past half right, century. Right, right. That has trickled down to other agencies who can do things, certain things, a little bit cheaper and and uh, more efficiently. While they can then still focus on what government entities should do, which is the non-profitable shit. Mm-hmm. So NASA is still doing stuff, just not making rockets and shooting them. But they what, now what, pay people to do it what what cheaper. Kind of, what kind of non-profitable things? So now they're, they're still making the probes. They're still making satellites. Yes. They're still doing research about, let's say, Europa and landing there and taking samples there. They, they just announced a mission to, to go to Uranus. Not a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so NASA is still doing those things. The heavy lifting of the rocketry and uh, those type of aeronautics, that a lot of that hard work has been done mm-hmm. and is now open source. So you know, Blue Origin or SpaceX is now contracted mm-hmm. to put satellites up in space because mm-hmm. they figured out the rocket stuff. Okay, let me ask you something, and, and this might be not a thing you know. Um, Probably not. Do you think that there is that weird same kind of like uh, U.S. military versus Halliburton doing a thing where like a private company is is, is, is kind of a threat to uh, the success of the mission because they will cut corners to to uh, create profits? Or is there so much oversight that they're not even allowed to when it comes to space travel? I think with space travel, there's a lot of oversight. And and when it's something as high profile as that, as a you know, Halliburton operated in the shadows. Yeah. A lot of these companies, the big, big ones operate in the shadows. You don't know they exist. Who the fuck knew Halliburton existed until the Iraq war? Right. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, all these private contracts. But when it's something like SpaceX or Blue Origin, where the heads of their companies are egomaniacs, they're out in the open. When when something literally blows up in the sky and falls in the ocean, that's bad press. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, I think they've done so far very, very well. They have a better track record than NASA does in, in terms of dead astronauts. And actually, well, I, I, they, so far. But how many? They, how many astronauts have they? Not as many. I mean, but they have lost zero so far. Right? How many astronauts have they put they, anywhere uh, into space? A couple. Yeah, hasn't Bezos been up there? Yeah, Bezos. Yeah, went no, up no, there. But the, no. Virgin that's, Galactic that's, guy that's, went up that's there. That's low Earth orbit. That's, that's not okay, orbit. But they still haven't died. Yes. Yet, yet. I mean, the Challenger blew up in the atmosphere. That's true. <laughs> yes, but also my brother. My brother clapped. <laughs> two years old. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. I thought okay, he meant like okay, recently. That's, no. that's, Watching that's the greatest. My dad hits. turns to my brother. He goes, "Rory, it blew up." And, and it happened. Like, ah! It happened again in like uh, two thousand whatever, where uh, you know went on, on, on uh, landing, re, re, right? No, no, re, uh, reentry. On reentry. Reentry. So, uh, but, and, the, and that's not to knock them, uh, but. But, There's a, but they also people are people and they make mistakes all the time. Listen, we're, we're not we're not we're not being like super pro private spacecraft. No, 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 no. But, but also they have recycled aircraft uh, for the first time too. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll, I mean, well, what it, what it is now is the recycled boosters, which is a, a big money saving thing, and that's the the whole uh, the big thing about SpaceX is that they put the boosters, shoot something up with and the boosters, land it, land the boosters because there's a ton of money that goes into those boosters. Right. Uh, the sh- the shuttles being able to come back. To Earth was also huge. It is huge, um, uh, but those are now we don't have those anymore. Right. Those are retired, and the, we the, and we 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 piggyback on Russian shit. The thing we have been. the thing with NASA now is that 
why go to the moon? Uh, if you want to go to the moon now, you use it as... A, a launching w- pad to go to Mars. Right. And then it's also, why, why put a human on Mars? It is uh, right. even less hospitable than the moon. Yeah. It's harder to get someone off of Mars. It's hostile. It's hard for somebody to get life. there. Yeah, <laughs> you you would have to have multiple stopping stations. And so the, the NASA now uh, they say we put put people up in the the space station. Even that the space station has a, uh, a date. It's that on its is, way out. Uh, yeah, and crash into the ocean. Soon. And also, there's even the, they're in constant danger of so much uh, junk in the atmosphere. Oh yeah, being huh? destroyed. Uh, what is the purpose of of humans in space right now? It's not right now. That's the pr- the and, purpose. And is yes, the future. And and so for NASA right now, it is the telescope that is going to let us see more of the universe than ever before. And that's the last thing they did, and it's going to completely change our understanding of the universe. It, well, it can change change in as in further, not yeah, like yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. we're not going to reverse and detecting gravita- gravitational waves and yes. seeing deeper and farther. Absolutely, I still think, or I think, we should still be going places with people. Not first, no, of course, oh, no, of not. course, no. I mean, we, but we, you know, we put the probes on Marbs, Marbs. We don't have to. We don't have to. <laughs> but eventually, we will. Right, but it's it's well, it's easier now than ever. To not put a human in harm's way. Of course, of course. Y- yes and no, we will. I mean, it, if anything, I think it would be, there's no point really other than seeing you, if you can do it of putting someone on Mars. The next big thing would be find an asteroid with like insane space metal or something yeah, that yeah, we can yeah. harvest. Oh, you mean like good music. It's a, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. There's no air to hear yeah. the music. Yeah. Dude, I, space metal is cool. Yeah, what that that is probably going to be one of the big big industries in the you know in the next five hundred years is you know space mining of course yeah but we'll run out of space to do shit here to do it anyway so like you're they're gonna eventually have colonies on extraterrestrial bodies yes but but that's a long ways away it it, it really is there's like, plenty of shit to work on here first I mean that's the fucking thing right like Bezos Musk like you could spend a ton of money to fix things here. But that's not the point. That's, that's not go- that's not their point. No, it, it should be the government's job. Yes, but at the same time, they are getting a ton of money from the government yeah. to yeah, they, not do that. Not that much. They pay no taxes. They're not getting that much money. I mean, they're getting too much tax breaks and they're getting more money than they should get. Yeah. But in the aggregate, it's not that much money. The government has it all and they could be doing more. Yeah, sure. I mean, they could also choose to do more. Who? These assholes? Yeah. No. They don't, you don't get rich by doing that. They're already rich. Yeah, you don't stay rich by doing yes, that. Yes, you do. They're not losing their richness at any point. No, no, tell that to the Netflix guys. They lost 35% again today. Again? The people the people in charge of Netflix are they will always be rich. The I company's hope. losing money. I hope not. Elon Musk is never going to run out of yeah, money. I'm not going to. I'm not going to put my fucking hopes on one maniac who got to be rich by being a fucking psychopath. That's anyway, not and, their and, job. And also, John, <laughs> it's government's job. Like we were talking, he's, he's no. He's not even Howard Hughes. He doesn't fly the shit. Who? I'm not. I'm not exactly. So why are we looking to them to fix anything? Uh, no, I'm it's just, government's job. It's government's job to do the unprofitable things to fix things. Business's job is to extract money from the lower class. You're right. I mean, but okay, okay we should have. I mean, and the we, higher class. We shouldn't hold. We shouldn't hold them to any standards. 
We should, but don't expect them to follow it. They're rich. But also, and, and like in fairness, the reason why we're saying we need to hold them to the standard is because the government won't. Yes, but, but so, what are they going to do? We don't have any guns. <laughs> the government has all the guns. Is it the, the standards we're not even holding them to? They're so far beyond. Like I mean, they're, they're, they have all of the, like they're not paying the taxes that could the government could use to do shit. Well, right, right. So but, so then what? But it was what I was saying about the Howard Hughes thing when I was going like they're dragging him before Congress to be like how how are you appropriating the, uh, using these funds uh, to make this insane wooden airplane that we asked you to do to not use resources and he's like I'm trying and trying and I actually got this fucking thing up in the air. But, like, it's really hard. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I made other very successful aircrafts that were very successful through the Second World War. But also, like, dude, it's your... You gave me the money. <laughs> like, right. That's what, and that's, like the, that's the SpaceX thing. The, no, the no, government no, no, gave no, him I, the money to do it. I understand that. It's what I understand I, that. It's just like... It's but, like then, but then to also then run your company through a series of... Uh, uh, financial tricks and shell companies to then not pay. Right, but whose fault is that? That's the government's fault. It's our fault for letting those laws be written for them to make to to, to, to take. At advantage the same of them. time, who is who is paying the lobbyists to be able to take advantage that, that, of these that things? That is true too. Of that, course, that and how they true. get that money? We gave it to them. We have nobody to blame but ourselves. No, we can also blame them. Why can't we blame them? If someone takes advantage of tax loopholes, you can say, well, they're just they're just playing the game. I, you you know, can still blame them you know, for playing that yeah, game. Yeah, personally. And I, then what? Personally, I do blame business and government. Yeah, I think yes, you can do Everybody both. but yourself. <laughs> no, no, no. That, no, that's a good point, too. That's a good point, too, because... I mean, what I'm saying is we blame... All the, I mean, you can, who, who are the only thing, who, what you, agency you're right. do we have other than the government? Like, we, yes. don't, we can't you know, vote with your dollar. Like, okay, that's part of it. But also vote with your vote. And like, and yes, I agree that the situation has become so wrapped up in and of itself that business and the government are really just two sides of the same coin. Of course, of course, of course. But for us to be like, oh, we got to get Elon Musk. What are we going to get him to do? We don't have any control over him. The only control we have is on of, of the we the people, right? Well, the only control we have is shame. That's all we have left. So you've been shamed. But, but I mean, there is no, because we can't make him pay his taxes. Right. So that was the thing. That was always the thing. You can do whatever you want. You pay your taxes. That was the only thing. And now that's not a but thing the, anymore. Yeah, because fucking assholes but, wrote these laws. Yeah, legally he doesn't have to. Right. So what other option do we have? Well, that, well should we just not do anything? Fucking guillotines, Molotovs. <laughs> well, good luck getting. He only sleeps in random strangers' houses every night. So like, good luck. Like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he doesn't even own a home. He says he does. But, I mean, at least he's one of the ones that's, like, you know, kind of, like, got his neck out in the game. It's not the Koch brothers here. Yeah, he's but not that, hiding in the shadows. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yes. I'd, dude, yes. I'd rather he's, fucking he's, hang out with Elon Musk than I would with any of the fucking Koch brothers or the DuPonts or the Waltons. Yeah, they all... But they, they are they all, all so way more evil than a fucking, you know, charis, charismatic, autistic dude from South Africa dude. who wants to make spaceships yeah. and electric cars. And Dude, he, tell me I'm wrong. No, he's not a hero. But he's, he's not, not, a, not a hero. He's not a Absolutely. hero. No, but, Absolutely. No, but, but, but he's also not the, the nameless, faceless. At least he's, you know, out there willing to, like, you know, get assassinated. <laughs> you know is I mean? he? Kind of. He's like a... What is he? He's on Twitter a lot. There's a cult of personality there, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, there is. That's, is he funding dark money groups that are fucking, like, Do right? we know? 
well, we know that the Koch brothers have been funding QAnon. Like, yeah, there is paper. There are paper trails. And also, yeah. and, and also, and they suck worth worse than either Bezos or Musk. For sure. For sure. I would say also too that. Are you defending the Koch brothers? <laughs> Are you cocaine? <laughs> but that that's the thing too, is, is that like uh and it kinda happened with Bill Gates when and he was first around, is that like you'll like with the you'll see old money will gather against new money. Yeah. And those guys will become the names. Yeah. And you'll be like, okay, well who who's got the fucking, you know, who owns uh, the color blue? Yeah, who's got <laughs> right, who's right. got brawny or like you know whatever yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah. like who's got fucking you know uh, that shitty one ply toilet paper? It's like guys you don't know. Yeah, who's Scott? Got, who's Scott? Who does yeah. have that? And like why Scott. is every Scott? Oh, God, that Scott word. toilet paper. Fuck you, Scott. Yeah, that one ply shit is just oh, fucking boy. Scott, dude. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, we all have bidets. I mean, so uh, yeah. Come on, you know. Hey, all right. Hey, yeah. All right. Well, that's you know, uh, we all give a lot of money to big bidet. <laughs> <laughs> I got a big bidet, pal. <laughs> I just take it one bidet at a time. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, um, it, it's it is a thing where I do wish uh, it was all in the hands of NASA. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, let me tell you something. Like like as bad as space junk is. That is not going to be helped by the private sphere getting into the business. No. Totally agree. Like fucking dude. I mean, it's, yeah, the the private sphere already is in the business, and they have been. They've just paid NASA to get their shit up there. GPS has been up there. Directv's, but they're all they've been yeah. up there. Right. And there's, I mean, well, they, lot, they didn't pay NASA. They pay the U.S. government. Uh, pardon me. Yes, they pay the government for the rights to do all that stuff. <laughs> to, to put and then there's every place. other country that has shit up in space. Yep. So like. Yeah. Right. A private business getting into it, like they're still subject to all the fucking rules and regulations that the government puts in place for it. Are they paying money to be able to write those rules? Probably. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to worship or demonize either side of it. So long as there's progress being made. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, if dude, I'll go to space, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know I'd love to go. <laughs> All right, I'm arguing that Aaron shouldn't go to space. That's no, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, just don't come Shit. back, right? Shit, no, two, no, no. Two, two I, think, I think it'd be great. Oh, I would love to go to space. I've always wanted. I have a old. I have an old joke about. You know, my secret is, man. I'm always in space. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, my, I think Aaron would. Be, I got space. I think, Aaron, I think Aaron would be even more pompous if he came back. From <laughs> hey, you guys know I've been. Wow, fucking this gravity is so pedestrian. He'd be, he'd be lording it over everybody. He's like, I got the space band. You know, this reminds me of this time I was in space. <laughs> Anybody here? No, no? Uh, you wouldn't get it. I was watching the diamond crystals of my piss <laughs> scatter across the. When dash. I realized we're all one, and I am my piss. I am the vomit. Point. And when I when I say we're all one, I mean you're all number me. one, <laughs> and we're all number one. P, of course. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm into this guy. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I would like to dive more into him. Uh, I do think it dove it dovetails with uh, the uh, the be all you can be era, the Menusteric Goats stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like him personally, I don't know if there's. 
it's, but, but also it's, like, it's the the it's the the ideas you know that the, but even like with Manchurian Candidate stuff that starts even before then too right like it's yeah, like, sure, sure sure like everything sort of like comes out of a comic book until it's right well, ser- seriously considered yeah no, and it's like, it's all Cold War shit I mean yeah. to be fair things going into comic books. Came out of World War II and the Cold War. <laughs> Came out of something else. Sure, first. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. Um, I um, I don't like uh, the reliance on on just uh, fulfill your needs experiments. That's that's no, kind of no. a bummer. Yeah. It, it, it's no, bad it science. Yeah, it's just bad science. It's bad science, and he created an institute founded on. Not good science. Which was very, you know, very of its time. The 70s, so were, like yeah, a lot absolutely. of those institutes, like the Dharma Initiative in Laws, where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to try and bridge East and West and science and mysticism, and we're going to get, like, we're all on drugs, and we're going to fuck too, but we're also <laughs> yeah. going to see if, like, yoga can heal your body and mind. Like, so, you know, there's good intent there. There's some bad science and quackery, but, like, it was just very much of that time of, like, well, what if the fucking, you know, uh, Buddhists had it right. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, but you know, I'm pretty sure there's not like one Jai, I, I, you know, Om is not the sound of the universe yeah, being born. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just be, there are, you know, there's, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you also don't want to like think the bathwater is like safe to drink. Well, also, right, also, you, also there's a drain. You can just drain yeah, the. It's bath. just a thing too of like overvaluing the human mind. And not really getting to understand, uh, you know, the planet you're trying to align yourself with, or the nature of the universe, right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like that thing of like, you know, humans are like, like, oh, oh, this fasting thing I'll do is, is such a cleansing, and they're like, it's actually like not really backed up by science that it, right. that it is so cleansing. It's just more of like a human self punishment ritual. It's really you not <laughs> eating anything in your body, just it's desperately chance, trying it's, it's, to figure out what to do. It's you doing way more of a spiritual thing. Yeah. For your own sake, but it's not like grounded in a lot of physical. No, shit. you're hallucinating because your body doesn't. I mean, there's some benefit to fasting and your your immune system and stuff, but it, I understand what you're saying that it's more of a, a jerk off. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a jerk off, and and you know, if, I think part of it is it's. I was saying cleanses too. Not, oh yeah, not cleanses straight, are fucking total yeah, not, bullshit. Not, not fast, but straight up not eating. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I mean, sure, yeah, not, eating. not eating. It's a true fast has benefits. I, th- yeah. I, th- I but think, but like the juice cleanse or the. Ma- Get the fuck out. Well, there is something about like making your body go through a, you know, some heightened yeah. thing in order to to see what that level yeah. is, and then it comes back down, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, there maybe there's some there and is the same some, way that there's benefit to being in extreme heat, like the same yeah. re- like being in the sauna is good for you, right? Being in 135 degree heat is not good for you all the time, right? A little, yeah. peak, a little you know, moment here, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing about studying the mind is that we're using the organ that we use to observe the universe to study that organ. Right. It's a little, so it's like using a microscope to study a microscope. Like you can't, it's, there's a a fucking like feedback or not a feedback loop, but there's kind of like a snake. That's why I was just, I just give the results to a dog. Oh yeah, he looks and then, balls. And then, yeah, and then I'm like, this is fucking perfect. That's called a climax. Because <laughs> yeah, of it. Exactly. But yeah, I guess to that point, I guess where it's like 2001, where like a computer bay, right, or something. Like that. You know, Kubrick is saying he's like, oh, would the fucking ant understand the human? Right. That sort of thing. Yeah. It's like does that at some at some point, well, it's just, at some point you have to understand like you're just limited. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the mere presence of the. Uh, 
We got to read that. We got to bring up that Playboy article, the interview he did with oh, Playboy. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. But then, you know, that the, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think it's in this article, but he talks about, you know, maybe that the, just the sheer presence of the of the monolith in 2001 with its jet black color yeah. and right angles and perfect dimensions, the, its presence enough was enough to spurn the, the primordial ape man right. into uh, a new consciousness. It was yeah. nothing mystical, it was just... That the right angle, just its mm. presence was enough to do that. Yeah, that was basically order. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. And then, you know, it could also cause you to have hot dog fingers some million years later. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. You brought up 2001, John. Uh, can I play this song? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's with go Edgar out, Mitchell let's go out on to this. Take us out? Us out? All right. Let's say, say goodnight, Matt. Fantastic profile. Thank you. I awesome. love you, buddy. <laughs> I love you, too. too. Aaron, I love, I love you. And I love you. Uh, and we're all one. <laughs> we're all one. And we're all, we're all number one. Uh, I'm going to say goodnight. Uh, my name is John Fahey. I'm Aaron Pita. Rapper Soap. Goodnight, everybody. We love you. Network.